everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. We're watching, not watching. I am Brandon, as always, and I've got Paul here still. Yo, what's up, people? It's Paul again here on a great day, on a great episode of uh, Star Trek. Let's get it going. And I think Dan's kicking around here somewhere. Giddy up. Ah, uh, no. Okay, we're done. <laughs> All right, see, see you guys. <laughs> We, we're, now we're not going to talk about season one, episode fourteen, "Balance of Terror." Uh, nope. The original air date was not December fifteenth, nineteen sixty-six. It never happened because Dan just ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds oh about right. You ruined the entire timeline. Star yep, Trek doesn't even exist. What are we? What are we even doing here? I don't remember. I don't know. But let's get you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this is a a show about WrestleMania. Now, <laughs> just about WrestleMania every week. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, so the episode opens and we've got the crew uh, attending some sort of ceremony as uh, Scotty informs Kirk, who looks like he's going to be officiating the, the, some sort of ceremony. I don't It looked like a ceremony. It could have just been like a, a really weird meeting. Uh, I, I actually thought tells- it might have been a movie thing. I, th- I thought they were going to be like uh, watching a ceremony, it's like some ceremony from across the space land or something like that, the way he was setting it up. Yeah, it was a really weird opening. Uh, but yeah, Scotty tells Kirk that, uh, okay, okay, I guess it is a ceremony because he says the ceremony will be broadcast on all viewing screens. So everybody around the ship gets to watch if you weren't invited. Like, why would you want to watch if you weren't invited? Maybe because everybody <laughs> else has to run the ship. So that's probably yeah, why. Yeah, okay, a small room. You can't fit everybody in there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Bones then tells Kirk that there's a call for him from the bridge. So Kirk goes to the uh, intercom on the wall to call the bridge and see what's up. And it's Spock on the other side of the line, and he informs Kirk over the intercom that uh, Earth Outpost number two has not responded to them, and that Earth Outpost number three has gone silent. And I was like, "Oh man, Spock apparently was not invited to whatever this ceremony is. So they did, they didn't like him." I hold up. I think he, I think he jumped. I think he jumped ahead kind of quick because you went all the way to the to the intercom thing that fast. That means that did he already do the talking already? Do his little ceremony part, like the wedding thing, that quick? No, right? no, that. No, yeah, that comes now. So uh, when uh, they get done talking, uh, well, for, they keep talking for a second, and Kirk uh, orders Spock to maintain course for outpost number four and to, says, hey, you know, keep me informed if anything happens. And then he hangs up on Spock, as, as Kirk does. And so then he heads to the podium, and then we get wedding music, and two crew oh, members okay, approach, okay. Yeah, approach uh, to be okay. married. And, yeah, Kirk, like, starts officiating the ceremony, and then they get interrupted with the emergency alert. But I never uh, – I never even considered that they're out here this long and that like two crew members would have start a relationship and get married. Exactly. Same thing I thought too. I was like, oh, I never even thought about that. Two things though. I noticed she didn't have a white dress on. I thought that was kind of different. I I guess that since they're military, I guess that's how they do it. And then I I thought about uh, what is the origins of the uh, wedding music? Because it was the same. That's a good question. Like this is like thousands of years in the future. Like I never looked it up. So maybe I know when he gets on the Twitter, hit us up, let us know. Maybe look it up eventually. I just. I wouldn't want to know because this is like supposed to be a thousand years in the future at the time or whatever. And uh, it's the same wedding song. Yeah, they just like spaced it up a bit, like sci-fi it up. Yeah. So I, so then I'm wondering when it was the first time this was played and then why is it a wedding song? And then like what? I don't know. I just I, I got curious about all that wedding stuff. So I think eventually I'm going to get online and research it myself. I just I, I just never thought about the, uh, the origin of the wedding song until I heard it in, heard it in the show. Honestly. And. 
what a missed opportunity to have Uhura like play an instrument there or something. Like she's she's been shown to be musically talented a few times in this series. Oh, like she could have oh, been yeah, there playing good. it. That's good. That's good. That's a good idea too. I I wondered in the beginning of the episode if that was not Scotty's daughter because he walked her down the aisle. Yeah, you, he did. But he, they didn't say that he ever has any like kids on board or anything. No, I assumed that, I assumed it was because uh, she picked the ranking uh, ranking officer because you got to think about it. You're out there, you know, probably your father, your family probably don't travel with you. So I'm assuming that's pretty much she respected it, respected whatever to walk her down the aisle. Or they were just trying to get Scotty into the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to think about it. this is the first episode in a long time. We got everybody here except for Spock. He's not allowed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, he probably doesn't want to be there I mean, in all honesty. No, I, I, no, I, mean, yeah. I mean, everybody, like, in the episode in general. I, yeah. I mean, everybody, like, in this room. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, here, yeah. Like, like, like this, is, this first episode in a long time, like, everybody's in this episode. Like, every 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 small character, every minor character, every main crew, like, everybody's yeah. in this episode. It has been a long time since we've seen everybody, so that's different. Uh, I also just pictured, like, when you were mentioning that she wasn't wearing a white dress, what if they just put her in an all-white Starfleet uniform? Yeah, or something. I just, <laughs> that would have been really weird. Yeah, yeah I don't that know. That would have been pretty cool. to look at. Like, uh, this is my first, like, uh, honestly, I've watched a little bit of Star Generation before. This is my first wedding I've ever seen in Star Trek before. So now I'm curious yeah. of, about other wedding ceremonies on the show and if they're more extravagant than this or they did this to, to make it simple at the beginning or or they kept this as part of their lore. Yeah. That's, that's, also, that's like, what I'm curious do you think Kirk is an ordained minister or can he just do this because he's a ship captain? Like maybe they don't have, you know, religious, like maybe they move beyond religious things and he's just a, yeah. a captain. So like, yeah, that's a, well, yeah. he makes the comment about how uh, the captain's been doing that since, you know, they've used wooden ships. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He said something about, yeah, oh, about I missed the, that. history. It's about ordained. Uh, he said something, something there about that. His wording, I mean, yeah. that makes sense. I can't believe I, that's weird. I missed that, especially because I yeah. like have to read everything in subtitles and take notes. Yeah, particularly being particularly being like uh, the captain, I'm assuming that all captains on the ship have the right to do the wedding, the wedding huh. ceremony. Okay, and, yeah, that makes sense then. And that's and that's uh, the irony of that, and the captain not being able to ever date anybody he works with is kind of funny too. Like, yes, yeah. you can see everybody ha- happy, he can do all the weddings, because everybody going on, and he can never find nobody. Can he forcibly marry people like against their will? So can he just say that he's married to somebody now because he's a captain? Like I, I order you to marry this person and they have to. He's like Spock, phones, you're married now. Why? Yeah, you time, guys are oh together. My God, Brandon, you always go so far left every time. You're the left guy. You're like you're the extreme guy. You're like, oh, wait a minute. What is this? Like, come on. Shotgun wedding. He goes, shotgun wedding, yeoman. Yo, yeah, Janus. could you just imagine though, like he's having a really shitty day and somebody makes him bad. He's like, "Yeah, you know what? Well, you're married to Spock now, so <laughs> married to Spock now." Like, Go damn, your Kirk, marriage. I just, I just said hi. Yeah, oh no, no. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're both into that. Who knows? Uh, well, it but, is yeah, they're, yeah. Oh. Um, but they, yeah, they get interrupted uh, with an emergency alert, and Kirk goes back to the intercom and. Uh, Spock tells him that Earth Outpost 4 is reporting that they're under attack by an unknown vessel. And so Kirk orders the ship full ahead towards the outpost and uh, orders all decks condition red. And then you see like shots of the the crew scrambling through the hallway uh, as we go to the show's opening. And the one thing I notice is like when Kirk is at the intercom here, uh, Scotty Mm -hmm. is uncomfortably behind him, like just right up against him. Like just. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, and, I think uh, it's a camera angle thing. No, dude, he was like, he was crawling up there almost. Uh, <laughs> he, he was trying to photobomb. He was trying to give him a yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I just gotta, really want to hear what's going on. Yes, I want some screen time, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but also, I really like their alert sound. I don't know why. Like, it just pretty much all of their sounds on the ship, I think, I, I just really like, especially just the condition red one. And I'm not, I'm not going to try to like imitate it, but oh, I'm imitating. I'm listening yeah. to it in my head right now. Um, but yeah, at this point, I was like, "Oh man, I already like where where this one's going." Yeah, and then but, uh, on, honestly, a small co- uh, compliment to the show for the time. There are so many different races in this show. <laughs> I suppose I, I should notice that as much as I do, but it's crazy to me. I didn't realize like how diverse this show is. It's crazy to me. I just I don't remember shows being like this growing up. I guess, like yeah, I, like, like especially it was, for it was nice to see 60s. some uh, new cast members on the, well, on the it, ship. It, well, it's, it's it's crazy to me because like shows I grew up like from this time would have always been like one or the other like it's like a lot of black shows growing up a lot of white shows growing up like at the, at the this time and this show is so like so diverse and so like races and different like in the alien races and races and like I don't know it's just man this show's so interesting to me I don't, right. I don't that, know what it that's is that's kind of like the entire point of the the series though too so like, yeah. like you couldn't really accomplish that with like an, an all white cast or like an all anything cast like the you cast, have to yeah. have the, the diversity right. diversity yeah yeah because like you go into new worlds and everything and discovery and learning meet new people and things like that I don't know I just I didn't really I guess I didn't realize how how I, this show would affect me in a way just I don't know appreciating the subtleties of this show appreciate what it was for at the time and I don't know just the, the idea of um the small things about the show being generational, like the the little lessons learned in here. Like I'm, I watch the show, or whatever, and I I see things I can re- relate to, even though it's like before my time. Right. You know, I find that so interesting to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we come back from the opening and we get a, a captain's log stating that they are patrolling the outpost, guarding the neutral zone between planets Romulus and Remus, and uh, Kirk explains that they received the emergency call from outpost four and that they're moving to investigate and assist. Uh, so he's entering the bridge and Uhura tells him that, uh, they have a, you know, basically just restating that they got the message from the outpost, which is the whole reason that he's there. Uh, and Sulu says that at their speed, which is maximum that, uh, or that they're at maximum speed. And then the, the navigator says that they're about eight minutes away from the outpost. So Kirk goes over to Scotty and, and Scotty tells him that, you know, hey, I already talked to the engine room. I'm trying to get more speeds. Like, he already knew, you know, Kirk was go- was going to come over and be like, hey, can you get, I know we're at maximum, but can we be at maximum or? Yeah, yeah, he knew quick. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, whatever. I, I'm, put- I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it. Yeah. Like, I got it. Just just back off, dude. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, so then Kirk asks Ahura if the outpost uh, has it, if, if they had any information about the attacking vessel, and they did not. Uh, so the navigator then says that there can't be much doubt about who's attacking, uh, alluding to the uh, Romulans, or I guess the the Remusians. I don't know what they would be called, uh, but I, I just I know like you know my limited Star Trek experience. I know that the Romulans are a thing. Yeah. Uh, so then Kirk goes over to Spock and and uh, he's like, "Hey, put our star sector on the screen and and show you know where we are." So the map of the star sector shows up on the screen and they get a little dot, like kind of like a you are here thing. And it shows that they're a little bit away from the outpost, which is just outside the Romulan star empire. And then there's like a neutral zone between the two. Uh, so the Kirk asks Ahura to broadcast to all decks 
uh, so he can deliver a message, and he explains to the entire crew that they can't risk any error or miscalculations by anybody. So, like, everybody's got to be perfect. Which credit to Kirk here that he actually told the whole ship what was going on. Yeah, and and after that, he also broadcast the map. I, I assume he broadcast the map so everybody can look at it, too, on all the screens, too. Yeah, he like, kind of goes back and forth between, like, you know, hey, everybody, here's what, we do, what we're doing. And then also, we ain't saying shit, and everybody just gets bounced around in the hallways. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. It's funny because we complained about that before in this episode. He told everybody what was going on. He said, put, put my, the screen up for everybody to look at it. And also, they did something smart when they, he starts talking in a second. They do a lot of uh, history. They explain the history of uh, what's going on without having to explain it. Like they explained like really like really small about the war and the idea of it, and then you just fill in the blanks. You know, yep. it's, it's it's real small how they gave you like all the little small outline of what's going on, showed you the map, so showed there's a new, there's reason for a neutral zone. We're on both sides, or whatever, and it it kind of told you the whole history without even knowing. So I think that's really cool too. And I was gonna say at this point in the episode, the stakes already feel kind of high. Yeah, already. Yeah, up. there's like a really heightened sense of like urgency and emergency already like very early on in this episode. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's where we are here is like he, he kind of hands off the intercom to Spock and, and Spock explains, you know, tells everybody basically, Hey, this is the map. This is what's going on. And he explains that the neutral zone was established after the earth Romulan conflict of over a century ago. And he says that the uh, conflict was fought with by their current standards, some pretty primitive atomic weapons. And in, in, very primitive space vessels, which were too small to even allow captives. And they didn't even have ship to ship visual communications. So like the humans and the Romulans and allies on either side, they've never seen each other. They have no clue what, it, what the other side even looks like. Which was so, so damn cool, no by the way. Each other up. Dude, which is so cool. Yeah, like it it's so messed up. It's so cool. Because once I thought about that, I thought, yo, I know what Romulan looks like. I was like, oh my God, this episode about to go left quick because they yeah. don't know what Romans look like. I knew what they looked like. And I was like, oh yeah, this show about to get interesting real quick. As soon as they see what they look like. You know, I knew, I, like I said, I knew of the Romulans, but I didn't yeah. know specifically what they looked like. So there's a oh, lot of good stuff in here for me. Oh, I, oh, oh, I did. I knew what they looked like. So I knew I was already excited when I heard that. I thought, oh, wait till they see what they look like. Here we go. And so it's the new happens. I was like, oh, yep. That's what, this is what things start going wrong immediately. So, yeah. So, cool. yeah, he just he continues to explain to everybody that uh, Earth believes that the Romulans are warlike and cruel and treacherous and that the Romulans uh, probably think the, th the same thing about people from Earth. Which is a fair point. Yeah. I mean, if you're having like a, a huge war, you can I mean, you probably just hate the other side. Over 100 years, you assume that there's been legends passed on and stories passed on and yeah. they're cruel what they did. They really blew us up and we did whatever. So history. Well, from the, from their perspective, we'd be the bad guys, though. But yeah. Like, uh, I think. I mean, that's the whole way that kind of war happens, I guess, is that both sides think that they're right and the other side thinks that, you know, the other side's wrong. And I mean, has there any been has there been a war in history where the bad guys are like, yep, we're definitely bad, but we're still doing this? Uh, uh, I don't know. Korea? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. To Cuba, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. We don't care what y'all doing over there. We do what we want to do. Like, oh. yeah, they're like, they're like, look, we're we're trash. We acknowledge that we're trash, but we're trash. still just gonna keep going. <laughs> we do what we want to do. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so, uh, so yeah, Spock explains that uh, when they formed the treaty, they did it over radio, and that any entry into the neutral zone is going to constitute an act of war. So then Kirk takes back over and uh, he's like, look, we can't do anything about, you know, we cannot violate the neutral zone and, you know, we can defend ourselves. But to avoid war, 
the outposts, the enterprise, all of you, all of us, we're all expendable. And uh, that's what the point where I was like, yeah, I was like, damn, like this is really good stuff. But also yeah. they really worked, like did a good job of just straight telling you the history and like explaining yeah. why this is a big deal, but also not making it boring. Like yeah, high stakes did, stuff, they, good history. They did it in like, they're like 30 seconds. Like somehow they took yeah. a whole hundred years of history and put in like 30 seconds to a minute. And you're like, oh, I know everything like that quick. And it's yeah. just, and I think and here's another part about it. We're only 14 episodes in. So which means they must have pre-thought about this all this history stuff before they even started the show. So I'm assuming yeah, before, they even started, yeah, before they started the show, because think about it, we're not that far in and think, oh yeah, well let's come up with a, a few different races, let's come up with the history here. Because you gotta think about it, they're only 14 episodes in. So this had to be, they had thought about this way early. You yeah. know? So I don't yeah. know, I just think, I think when you do shows like this and you start referring back to history or whatever, I'm assuming that they came up with all these stories and history and all this so they probably got a lot, of, a lot of more history coming on eventually, you know, that tells what's going on and things like that. Well, it helps build the world. It helps, it's good world building. Yep, yeah. world building, yep. And, and I mean, here they really... I was going to say, I would love to see them actually show the war at some point. Man, what would that... I mean, they, they said everything was pretty primitive and it was just like atomic weapons. So I, I don't know if it would be like anything spectacular, but at the same time, yeah, still incredibly interesting. Especially when you, like, how did it start, you know, how... Like, why did it end? Like, which side yeah. or, you know, both sides were like, okay, we got to put a stop to this. Yeah, yeah like that the, actually, the, that could be a, yeah, good like series. A, like a Hiroshima type situation where the nuclear bombs hit and then whatever, and they realized, oh, this, we went went too far or something like that. And then I'm yeah. assuming. Because without, without I, ever seeing each other, it must have been like, oh, hey, I just came across a ship I didn't recognize and I'm just going to fire on it. Yeah. And then everybody just called their friends and said, hey, you know, I got shot. And then you just, you go to war from there. Yeah, I think, uh, well, if you think about it, if if we're kind of same history and they're just explorers like we're exploring and they're trying to uh, expand their empire and we're trying to expand, our imp- imp- expand where we are at the time, maybe they just got in position of each other and they just ran into each other, realized we're, we're here. No, we're here. War it is, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of funny since the universe is so big that you actually have to fight over territory. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that at that point, and I'm not saying it's an excuse, but... Uh, with a limited ability for space travel, like the universe is huge, but where we can get to is still incredibly small. So, I mean, you know, you know how that, people are. Like, we'll, we'll fight over an inch. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So uh, after the history lesson, uh, the navigator, who is, uh, we only get his last name, which is Styles, because Kirk calls him Mister Styles, and uh, he starts talking about intercepting the Romulans and Kirk just cuts him off. And he's like, well, how would you even know what a Romulan ship looks like after, you know, not seeing anything for a whole century? And Styles says that the Romulan ships are painted to look like giant birds of prey, which I mean, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, maybe they moved on to something else. Like they got a kangaroo on it or something. You don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the old so, kangaroo ship. Yeah, you never know. Space kangaroo. Um, that means they're from space Australia and you don't want to go there. <laughs> you think everything in real Australia wants to kill you? Wait till you get to space Australia. Uh, by the way, when um uh, when Kirk said that, what would you even know what a ship looked like? I was like, yo, sometimes they say something so simple that sounds so intelligent. Yeah, I didn't think about like I I knew about it. But I was like, oh yeah, they know uh like for a split second I forgot that they don't know certain things. Like they don't know what a ship looks like. They don't know what they look like. They don't know what kind of weapons they have. They're not sure like. There's so much unknown in this episode, which makes it so like so intense. 
you know, like the intensity is building up slowly, you know, building up slowly, slowly, you know, right. ready to explode. So like it's 10 minutes in and you're like, oh, you're, you're sucked in. I can imagine, I almost wish I was a kid watching this to have that, you know, that kid joy as a kid. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like seeing this for the first time, like along with everybody else. Yeah. Along with everybody else as a kid or whatever. And imagine how cool it was. Cause like this is one of my episodes right here where I'd go, I'd go to school, tell my friends about like, Hey, did you watch Star Trek? Like, oh yeah, dude. Yesterday? This would have been the talk until yeah. like the following yeah. week's episode. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been like, oh my gosh, DC episode? Like, I can't wait to see you next week. This is so good. Like, this would be the ones I would go to school and talk about with somebody. I get to, I get to tell yeah. you guys about it because you guys are my guys. But, like, I just imagine, like, being a young guy going to having that excitement to see something like this. Because, like, I, I, I'm not saying it's, like, Marvel-esque, like, exciting for me or whatever, like, huge movies. But, like, the intensity is so good in building in this episode. It's just, it's, yeah. it's so good, man. Yeah. It's so good. So, uh, after uh, Styles makes the, the Bird of Prey comment kirk gets really sarcastic and he's like well i didn't know history was your specialty he's like you never take an interest in me yeah <laughs> uh so then the uh, styles is like well you know it's family history and he says that there was a captain styles in the the romulan war along with two commanders and several junior junior officers and they were all lost in the war and and so kirk is like well you know that was that was their war mr styles not yours and don't you forget it and so I'm, I'm immediately like, all right, Styles is a problem. Get him off the bridge right now. Like we've been here before. <laughs> Every time it's Kirk's weakness. He gives people way too many chances. Dude, yeah. It's funny because it's always that one guy on the bridge who doesn't like he's the one new guy. It's always the issue. It's not yeah. our main characters. It's the one guy that's had to add, add like, oh, he sucks. Like, oh, let's give it to him. Yeah. What is it about the navigator position that makes them be a problem? Because everybody that sits in that seat is just. They're they're always a problem. Yeah, exactly. They, they voice either. their opinion, and he doesn't appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. They're all just I think like every time they've been an issue. So apparently, we need to get this seat uh, filled with somebody of intelligence. Uh, Kurtz, <laughs> Kurtz, good everywhere else. Just that one seat right there. We got issues. Yeah, I also thought it was funny that Kirk had those two like sarcastic remarks, and that Styles just kind of had the answer for it. So Kirk just got mad about it and got yeah. even more sarcastic. Yeah. Like he's like, I got got you, you little bastard. And he's like, oh wait, you actually had an answer for that. Never mind. <laughs> oh, so man. um so yeah, then Spock kind of interrupts the whole thing and says that outpost two is within their sensor range, but that the sensors are uh reading indefinite. Uh but outpost three is reading just dust and debris. And uh both of them are gone and the asteroids that they were constructed on were pulverized, which first of all, like asteroid base is always good in my book. Like that's that's always it always looks cool as hell. <laughs> yeah. But also like whole ass asteroid got pulverized, so that's that's not Dude, a, a and, good the, thing. and then my issue was I don't like the word pulverized. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, a, it's weird. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a weird word to use. Like, oh I got pulverized. Like I almost looked it up, like, is there another way of pulverize something? Because that just it just the way he used it, I don't know. It just it's I it's like almost it. It's almost comedic in the yeah. in, in like explaining the way something gets destroyed. Like it's yeah, like, pulverized. Like, like I'm gonna pulverize you. Like yeah, I'm, like, like okay. I thought he would just say destroyed. Like oh, it was destroyed or something. It got pulverized. It's slightly better than wrecked. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. Then he says like disintegrate later. All the other words. I'm like, why don't you just say like like pulverize? I just I don't like that word. That's just me being me. I'm picky. <laughs> Yeah, so then uh, Kirk turns to Uhura and uh, tells her to report their position and status every 15 minutes to the nearest command base. I think he says every quarter hour, but that's, you know, 15 minutes. Uh, so then he tells Sulu uh, to call out all hands to battle stations and Styles. He tells him to energize the phasers and set all weapons to full power. And I'm like, damn, dude, here we go. Like, please let this be something good. 
Yeah. Like, they'll just build all this up for nothing. Yeah. I'm glad Kirk didn't waste any time to actually get the weapons online to full power. Yeah. He said, he said everything full power is that phases to full power. He's like, I ain't joking. Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And that's, I think that's what really helped uh, this episode for me is that Kirk was serious this entire thing. Like, he is just not screwing around. Yep. Like, it's a very serious situation. Like, turn on the weapons, like, get them powered up. Like, everybody go to where you're supposed to go. Like, this is why I made you do that drill a thousand times a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> security. I was surprised there wasn't like a security alert insert with the guys walking around. With guns. Yeah. <laughs> Point them at each other. <laughs> Point them at each other. Yeah. Uh, but then we get another thing that I really liked here, which was Styles called the phaser control room to have them energize the, fader, the phasers. And I'm like, you don't see enough of the communication between you know, the specific jobs and then the engineering rooms because you mostly just get Kirk telling people to do stuff, but he can't contact every section of the ship. So, like, there has to be communication between, you know, the guy controlling the phasers and the people powering the phasers. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. I didn't think about yeah. that. So he calls the phaser room, tells him energize the phasers, and, of course, it's the couple that were about to get married or working in there. Yeah. And we had a weird little scene where the, the woman makes a little joke about, you know, how they got interrupted and now, you know, he's not going to get off the hook that easily. Yeah. But then he gets super serious and he's like, well, I'm still your superior officer and then you need to get with it. <laughs> I'm like, damn, yeah. dude, like, yeah. just make it a joke. Yeah, but he says, yeah. mister. Get I'm, with it, mister. mister yeah, mister, she, like, she's like, damn, mister? I didn't know how our marriage is going to be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> also, he, how the hell is he allowed to be in charge if they're getting married? Like, that's a, dude, a fraternization okay, see, problem. Uh, apparently, apparently, it's not. Oh, it's okay in this one, apparently. Yeah. Uh, apparently it's okay. So the, I, I don't think I thought about that myself, and I thought, oh yeah, this thing where I work at, my bad. Maybe they got different rules. Yeah, I just I just really like that we got scenes of like everybody getting ready for all this stuff, and even if yeah. it was just an excuse to show the married couple again for some reason. Yeah. Um. So we're back on the bridge, and uh, it's announced that they're five minutes away from Outpost Four, and Spock says that they're still showing the outpost is still showing on the sensors, and Uhura says that they are regaining contact with the outpost. So she puts, she turns it on the speakers in the ship so everybody can hear. And Commander Hansen of Outpost 4 um, tells them that Outpost 2, 3, and 8 are already gone. And he says that they were destroyed by an unknown weapon. Um, that they were alerted and had their deflector shield on maximum. But the first attack that they took just absolutely blew it away. So yeah. uh, Kirk, Kirk asks, you know, hey, what vessel was it that hit you guys? And he's like, Hansen says he can't find it because it seems to have just disappeared. So then uh, they turn on like their their visual screens so the Enterprise can see Hanson and he can see them and uh, they see Hanson and he's at like a command post and it's just like surrounded by fire and it's just like that meme with that dog that's in a house on fire that says this is fine, this is fine. like he's just he's just yeah he's just chilling yeah. there. he's like this is fine yeah. Like, yeah, everything's I, just yeah, on I don't fire get, yeah I don't get this like I, I understand it and I get what they're going for I just don't get the look at him while he's all dragged up and then while the flame is going on I just it it looked weird to me. Like, like I, I get what they're going for. It's, it's a little weird. I don't know. Yeah. Hanson's actually like, this This is not fine. Normally, there is much more fire than this, and the attack put out some of the fires. So, so everything's not <laughs> okay here. here. <laughs> we need more fire. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Hanson actually says that they are a mile deep within the asteroid, and the asteroid is almost solid iron, and that the weapon did all of that damage through their deflector shield. So they did a really good job of like building up that whatever this weapon is, it's absolutely insane. Like the Death Star. Done that kind of, yeah, they, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Made it almost like the Death Star, like honestly. Yeah. So he goes on to say that he thinks it was a high energy plasma weapon, uh, but that it, if the vessel that fired it just fired it and then disappeared, 
but it's still showing on their sensors that it's out there somewhere. Um, so he said, like, he he gets finished saying that, and then he's like, wait, you know, something's coming at my screen. And he switches to let the Enterprise be able to see his screen. And then we see a ship that comes into view from just basically out of nowhere. And, and Kirk is like, hey, do you have phaser capacity? Because, you know, we're still out of range. And Hansen's like, nope, the phaser crews are all dead. Of course. Yeah, and I thought, and the irony of him being the only one to survive. Yeah. Like, like everybody did, but he's like, there's not people running around. There's not people like, something going on, like he's the last one alive. I thought that was kind of weird, too. Yeah. Uh, just one of those things. But, uh, yeah. so then the, the ship, the enemy ship, fires this, like, huge blast, and then it just disappears as uh, Hanson dies. And at this point, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, this is so good. Like, it's so <laughs> stupid how much I enjoyed this episode. That's what I, that's what I said, man. It was good. That's what I, I told Dan earlier about this. This is when I actually stopped the episode, and I was like, yeah, I'm done keeping notes. <laughs> I, I, I'll watch it again after, when I'm done. Because I knew I couldn't possibly get into the episode any more than I was and keep notes. Yeah. So I, so I was oh, like, yeah. you know what? Forget this. So I, I was like, I watched the episode. Then I watched it again a second time to keep notes. I was like, yeah, I have to because it's, it's really too good. I, and I was getting annoyed by having to look up and down. Up and down. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. Um, so then Spock announces that Outpost 4 has been disintegrated and that the enemy ship has disappeared. So at least it's not pulverized. I don't know if it's good or bad. Which they saw that. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk wonders uh, kind of out loud. He's like, well, you know, they, do they have to become visible in order to fire their weapon? And then Spock says that they have a blip on their sensor and that it has to, it must be the intruder. So Kirk orders full magnification on the screen, but they when they look, there's just nothing there. And uh, so Spock is kind of musing and he's like, well, they must have figured out how to solve the problem of needing a large amount of power to bend light in order to become invisible. Immediately, he's just like, well, you know, that he just does a Spock thing. He's like the, the most out there thing. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah, like, that's yeah. got to be it. Well, theoretically... Theoretically, uh, they could if they do this, this, and this. He's like, that's what I have an idea. But I, you know, he like he knew how to solve the invisibility problem, but but he didn't know. It's like, oh, they must have did it. Yeah, like it was really quick, quick. And honestly, he said it, and I didn't even. Right. Question oh yeah, you, yeah, he can't. <laughs> he said, yeah, he said, and I was like, okay, yep, that's what it is. Let's, let's yep, keep, let's keep right. Like I didn't even. Yep, <laughs> that's all I like about like yeah. a spot. Like a spot just says something like, you know what? It's like what it is. Move on. Let's yeah. figure it out. I mean, if he would have been like, no, they're actually just uh, throwing like a space themed blanket over their ship. That's got to be how they're going visible. I'd be like, you know what, Spock? I agree with that. Like, you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah, I agree with Spock. Yeah, that's that's got to be it. Let's Big space blanket. That. Like, yeah, it just it's just we said it. As a matter of fact, I was like, yep, sir. <laughs> yep, yep, that's what it is. Let's let's let's, let's, let's move on. Yeah, so uh, so then Kirk orders Uhura to tell the outpost uh, to inform them if they have any sightings or readings in their area. And Spock notes that the blip on his sensors has changed direction in a like leisurely manner. So he suggests that maybe they don't know that the Enterprise is there. Uh, so then Kirk kind of wanders and he's like, well, you know, maybe the power that they need to be invisible renders their sensors useless, which is like a really bad design. Uh, but... Yeah. Spock says that the ship is taking the exact heading that a Romulan ship would take, which would be towards the neutral zone. Kirk orders them to do a parallel course, and he wants to mimic the movements of the other ship move for move. And he tells Stiles and Sulu that he wants the enemy ship to think that the Enterprise is an echo and that they are not to cross into the neutral zone without his direct orders. Uh, so then they cancel the battle station's order and they keep the crew on standby alert. The way Kirk mind things, bro, it's just, they it's brilliant. Like, 
oh, I want to follow him move for move to make you think he's I'm a, he's a reflection or an echo. I don't know why, but he thought about he said that. I thought, you know what? That's what we're doing, Kurt. You, you Captain, let's do that. Like he's, he's just, showing off the skills in this episode. I, I, it's just really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like like I like it's like with like the uh, the carbonite maneuver one where you know it's like. When Kurt Kurt is at his best when he's having to think smart and use yeah, his brain. And we has to like think on his feet. And think think on his feet. Yeah. He's like that's when he acts his best or whatever. And Spock is always the best when it's tactical. But the, but for some reason, when things go when things need to be tactical, Kurt's even better than Spock, which is weird. Like like Kurt seems to do the best of thinking like illogical and logical at the same time. He he, he thinks both he thinks both ways at the same time when it's when things are going when things are going like crazy like this. I don't know. It just the way, the way they, it, they write him the guy this is really cool. It shows why he's the captain in this episode. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. He just he's able to take everybody's information and come up with ideas real quick and make it work. And I don't I don't know. I just Yeah, he like just processes everything in an instant and in know, an instant, makes a decision. Yeah. And that, yeah, that decision. is why he's a captain. Yeah, makes the decision immediately. And then after he makes the decision, he's like, okay, here's the next step, the, the next step. And he's never, he, he never questions the decision after he's made it. He questioned it before he made it, but after he's made it, the decision has been made, and then whatever's next is next. Yeah. And, like, just my experience from, uh, I know I've said I've played uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew, where I, every time we play, the group that I play with, they want me to be the captain because it's a very hard uh, role to play in that game. And, like, the amount of information that you have coming at you at once is just absolutely insane. So, like, I, I frequently make the wrong move because I'm not Captain Kirk. But, uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I just can't imagine, like, the things that he has to think of. Because, like, just a few things I had to think of in the game are, like, overwhelming. But, like, he would just have to think of just basically everything. And then, like, also, if I die in the game, I don't care. We just restart. But, you know, they yeah, don't there's, really do there's no high stakes for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then we also get a cool uh, little bit of like a look about how some of the ships work as well, because if they're posing as an echo, then does that mean that the ships pick up their own like energy readings from where they were? So like, do they constantly have, yeah. Do they constantly like pick up the, uh, basically like the, their own trail? Oh yeah. Because he has, he has to follow them almost exactly right to be an echo. So how, how can it, how can the ship anticipate what direction he's going as he, as he's moving? Yeah. I wonder if it's not something to do with like the warp drive, how it warps space, and maybe like there's a trail a little bit left over. Yeah, like it just yeah, puts maybe. off some kind of like emission or something Radiation, that their sensors yeah. pick up. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, so yeah, they cancel the battle stations order and they keep the crew on standby alert. And then uh, Styles gets real mad and he reminds Kirk that the Romulans crossed the neutral zone and attacked the outpost in a sneak attack. And uh, Kirk's like, hey, are you questioning my orders? And Styles is like, no, I'm just pointing out that they could have a Romulan spy on board the Enterprise. And uh, Sulu agrees with this. He's like, yeah. I, Which I, that kind of came out of nowhere. It did. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, how, did, how, did, how do you jump to that conclu- uh, conclusion that there's an automatic spy on the Enterprise? Right. That's exactly the note that I had at the end of this is like, how, yeah, how did you get there? Like, yeah, and I th- well, I think I think that what they're trying what they're trying to do, they overdid it. They're trying to be the yeah. subtlety because t- two seconds later you're going to see that he looked like Spock, so he, looked, he of course he's a spy. But they didn't need to say that. Yeah, like I get I get the setup now, but watching it for the first time, you know, it's like, what the fuck is this? So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like they haven't brought anyone on board, so how how's there a spy on board? 
Well, yeah, right. and the big the bigger issue is him even he didn't have to say that. Like he, he never had to say there could be Roman spies on board. What they could have did was take that one if you take that one scene, that sentence out and let the scene go on and then show the imagery and then look at Spock, we're almighty gonna think they automatically think he's a spy. You know, you don't yeah, even exactly. have to say it out loud. Right, yeah. that would have been a better way to do it. Yeah, that'd have been a better way to do it. Yeah, just like and look at them, like, oh my god, don't look like Spock. Like, all right, how do you know? Do you know what they are? Like immediately, you know, you yeah. didn't have to add that line. So when you add that line, it makes it like a little too obvious or too crazy. Like, how would you get there so quick when there's no way Romulan's been on uh, in in our area at all? Yeah, and you what know? they just they've had one on the ship this entire time, just waiting for this exact moment. Yeah, I just yeah. For I get all that. they know, they look like a tentacle monster. Yeah, yeah, for real, right. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I can do. If they take that like this episode is almost perfect. If they'd have took that line out, it would have it would have made it would have made that that whole part more intense. Yeah, it was just some just an unneeded bit of uh dialogue there. Yeah, about about two lines too much. Yeah, but for some reason Sulu agrees and he thinks that they should keep all the decks uh on security alert, and so Kirk agrees to the security alert. Um. And then Uhuru picks up a communication from the Romulan ship, and she says that it sounds like it's broadcasting some sort of code. So Spock picks it up and says he thinks he can get a picture of the enemy ship's bridge. And they put the picture on their screen, and so we actually get to see the Romulans in their ship. And then one of them does, like, the dramatic turn, and he looks like a Vulcan. And, uh, again, I was like, Jesus, like, this is it's just, it's just really cool. Like, I don't know why this is episode. It's just... just good yeah i knew what it looked like already so like i i knew what was gonna happen i saw it, i was like yeah because i saw i knew i've been waiting to win i was like soon show, as soon as they showed him i was like hell yeah this this is where it gets really yeah, really intense point to you earlier in the in the episode paul about you know witnessing this live as a child that must have been mind-blowing dude, that's what i'm saying oh, man. Dude. like i i wish i had i, I wish i did i had to that whatever I, I just wish i had then you also think about like it's cool that uh the people on the Enterprise are the first people to see Romulans in over a century. So, like, that's it's just that's another cool. thing they get to add to their uh, their resume. Like, yeah, you know, we we killed a salt vampire. Uh, you know, we saw a play. Uh, we we saw some Romulans. That was cool. <laughs> <It's a salt laughs> play. <laughs> Sign yeah. up for the Enterprise. You'll see play. We saw Shakespeare play when they first turned their head, or whatever, and you see them. Like he looked good, but the guys behind him and them and them gold helmets, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> like those, <laughs> I was gonna say those helmets. I mean, at first I was like, "What in the heck?" I, but I, I used to them pretty quick, though. Yeah, and I got over it really quick. But for a minute, I was like, "What in the hell is?" This? I just, <laughs> like I was, I was laughing though, like about it. It was just, it is like a, it's just a weird costume design that like it took me a minute. But like I was like, I was over it. I thought it was like really cool at the beginning. I was like, yo, like. What are, what are these helmets? What is this? It's just... At the risk of jumping ahead just a little bit since you mentioned but, the helmets, uh, two yeah. people on that ship didn't wear a helmet, and you saw what happened to the one. If he had a helmet, he would have been all right. Oh, you need the construction helmet on your head, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that's a, that's some, a somehow idea. a piece of – yeah, okay, never. I'm, I'm going to get to that later. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we get uh, we go to the commercial break, and then we come back. Kirk is walking around the bridge, and he goes to ask Ahura about decoding the signal that they intercepted. And Styles kind of gets under his breath. He's like, "Just give it to Spock." And so Kirk, <laughs> Kirk is like, oh, "I'm I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Like, what'd you say?" And Styles is like, "Oh yeah, it was nothing." And I'm like, "You you fucking bitch! Like, if you got something to say, then say it." Don't, don't, oh, it was nothing. <laughs> the people yeah. that was stuff under their breath, like, "What'd you say? Boy? What the hell? Oh, nothing. Oh, I, I, that's what I thought." Uh, I, 
are, are you saying Spock is a good person to uh, decode stuff, or yeah. you're saying <laughs> you're it for another he, reason? You say yeah, that what he looks like. Yeah, so like Kirk uh, pulls probably the best power move. Like, I, I, like okay, McCoy has pulled some good stuff with his, you know, this is going to be an official log and you're going to have to answer it kind of thing. But Kirk yeah. here orders him to repeat what he said. So he, he like he can't yeah. not say it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I was just suggesting that Spock could translate the message because he's a bitch. And Kirk, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, am I to assume that you were complimenting uh, Spock on his ability to decode? And Styles or- is like... Well, you know, I'm I'm not sure. And so Kirk, uh, he says, word, word for word here, he says, well, there's one thing you can be sure of, mister. Leave any bigotry in your quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. <laughs> and he's like, do I make myself clear? And Styles is just like, yeah, I'm a bitch. You're right. What a great line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's, and see, that's the irony of this show. Like I said, like this show is so relatable to now with the, even that subtle thing of like him being like, yo, we're not accepting that on our ship. Like on my ship, I don't care what race you are, what cre- kind of creature you are, what kind of whatever you are. If when you you're you're a person on the ship, you know we don't have no prejudice against anybody. I don't know. I just I felt I felt I felt that when he said that, and then I thought about it, and this was when the in the in the seventies when the show was created. Whatever. I just I don't know. It's just really cool, really cool, good, really cool writing. I just I like it a lot. Yeah, I think he should have taken ahead it. of its time. Yeah. But I, I think that Kirk should have taken it a step further and not even leave that shit in your quarters. Like, don't bring that on my ship or I will flush you out with the trash. Like, you'll be right out the airlock, guy. <laughs> yeah. like, like, listen, yeah. I lose people on this ship every day. You can come up missing and nobody would question it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, he jumped out himself. I just won't, I just won't put it in my log. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, he stabbed himself in his back four times. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Styles came in contact with some kind of space bacteria and somehow his arm <laughs> fell off and his face got peeled off. <laughs> and then we dumped him out of the trash. So, oops, that's a little gruesome. But <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. Like Kurt, he's like I say, strong mind, great leader. I know I like him a lot. He's written he's written very well. Great episode so far. Yeah, and so uh, so Ahura says that the transmission that they were receiving was cut off, uh, but she made a tape of it, which like hey, good for her. Like just smart getting this message. Start recording. Hell yeah. Um, so so she hands the little tape over to Spock, and he puts it in the computer to play it to, to kind of start going over it. But then Sulu says that he sees something ahead in an extreme range, and the ship that they were chasing, the enemy ship, uh, just appears, so it like, decloaks and changes its heading uh, with the Enterprise just staying with them. So then we actually go, I didn't expect this, but we, we go on the Romulan Bridge. Uh, which was which was which is so cool, like so yeah, smart. Yeah, that cool. really caught me off guard. I I really thought this whole thing would be you know from the Enterprise. It's funny because it's exact opposite. The one thing we I said about the last episode, the carbonite maneuver, whatever, was it, this is almost the same the same the same damn show episode, except this time we get to see the other side. Yeah, so we get to see so we get to see what's going on. I thought it was really cool to see the dynamic of uh both uh, the dynamic on the on the above both ships uh. Front captains, I thought it was cool. Yeah, which was what complaint of mine of the that episode is that we didn't get to see the other side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, on the Romulan bridge, uh, their commander, who never gets a name, they always just call him Commander, uh, and one of the other Romulans are discussing how they're being followed, and uh, the regular crewman just he thinks it's just a reflection, uh, but the commander thinks that the outpost may have contacted a ship, and he thinks that that ship may be following them. So he wants to turn the cloaking like, back on. Space police. Did you guys yeah, notice like, that? Um, they call it space popo. 
Did you notice there was a Firebird painted at the bottom of the uh, Rowland ship? Yeah, so when they decloak, yeah, they get yeah. that uh, that really cool uh, bird on there, which actually I, ha- I have like in my notes. Yeah, I have in my notes like it's just the the design on the bottom of that ship is cool as hell, and honestly, that just that ship is cool. Yeah, that'd be probably be a cool model to have, huh? Yeah, shut up. That, shut up. <laughs> you making fun hey, of me? <laughs> whoa, no, this stuff was, no, that's all I'm making fun of. You. All right, all I'm right, okay. Cool. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's like, don't you cool, start cool on model. me again? <laughs> I'm just saying, it could be a cool model to have. It so would I'm, be, I'm yes, it would be. I don't, I don't have the skill to do that though. I bet somebody yeah, also, does. Yeah. Also, the uh, Romulans, uh, the costumes and outfits were terrible. I want That's the one thing I think about it. Like they're, they're all wearing this pink, this pink and bl- black checkered scarves and things around them. I don't know. I just okay. Like I was thinking that too, but then I realized, and I was going to say this for a little bit later, but it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. The Romulan stuff seems to be very heavily based on like old Roman. You know, ancient that, Roman that's stuff. What I was like thinking also. they have, they have their commander. Uh, they have uh, like their leaders, the Praetor. Oh, the um, Praetor. They, oh, yeah. Okay, they so have uh, what was the other guy called on here? Praetor. Damn, uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't remember. Well, I'll get to it. It's in my notes here somewhere. Uh, but okay. the one guy's name is Decius. Like, yeah, they they're pretty heavily Roman inspired. Okay, so we're, okay, well, that, so that's so what that, I thought of their helmet. Rom, okay, Romulan Roman inspired. Oh so yeah, the other guy's like rank skin, was a like Centurion. Skills. Yeah, the other guy was Centurion. So it's more like the scales of an armor they're wearing. So that's what it's supposed to look like. Okay, I got you now. I, I got the idea. Maybe it's the, my color's the issue. Maybe it's just the color. Yeah, like the, 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 the color scheme was a little bit weird. Yeah, the, maybe it's more the color scheme than it is the outfit itself. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed during this scene that the evil bad guy music that they play is the exact same one that they played when we got that shirt of Kirk's ass in the Corbomite maneuver. I still can't say it right. So, so like, was, was Kirk's ass evil? Like, I still don't understand that shot. They just keep reusing the music. The music like, I, just, got, I don't get it. They got the music they can afford. They just use it over and over again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then uh, on the Romulan ship still, uh, this older man appears and asks why the other ship isn't attacking them. And the commander thinks that the ship is studying them before they attack. And he's like, well, you know, that's, that's exactly what I would do. Uh, so then a different Romulan guy approaches them and the commander is like, Hey, you broke the rule of silence and you dispatched a message. Uh, so which is, that's the code that they had picked up on the enterprise. Um, yeah. so, so the Rom, the crewman, uh, his name is Decius, and he says, he's like, no, it was only in code, and it was just to inform the Praetor of our glorious mission. And the commander says that instantly, he's just like, hey, you know what? You're reduced two ranks, and get to your post. Like, he's just no, not even messing around. He's like, he's like, whatever Dude, you want, you're around. two below it. Dude, that was dirty. He was like, yo, by the way, like, right, right, like embarrassing for everybody, like, yo, two ranks down, go, go back to work. Like, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't care for a minute. Can I get a tear? Can I <laughs> right. can you give me a moment? To, give me, give me, you know what's give funny? Me, yeah. I, I feel like Spock would do the same thing if he was a captain. Do you, do you well, think you gotta, he would be, like, that quick to do that, though? Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess uh, if, like, you know, if it was yeah, a logical if, choice. If, if you got radio silence and you break it, I could see him demoting you. I yeah. See. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I think... Uh, I I, I kind of feel like uh, the Roman guy acted kind of out of anger though, like Spock wouldn't act out of anger. Yeah, Spock would Spock would have just logically came and, and and did whatever he needed to do to make sure he never did it again. Like I feel like I feel like he reacted in anger, like he docked him to and sent him on. That's the one thing I think. I think the maybe that's the difference between the Romulans and the um, Vulcans, as far as I they know. They play off their emotions. Yeah, like the Romulans are like that, but they. They they claim out their emotions and, and Vulcans don't, so maybe that's why they're not the same race anymore. I'm, could you I'm not imagine sure. though? Like, could you imagine just getting 
like disciplined or dressed down by Spock. Like you send this message and then you have to, <laughs> yeah. like you, you tell him, he's like, I have searched every possibility for why you would have done what you did. And logic yeah. concludes that you are an idiot and you are now getting deranked. <laughs> like he's like, that's, that's the only thing yeah. I could come up with is that you yes. are clearly stupid. Like that's <laughs> yes. what logically that makes the most sense. Yeah. That's what not not like only it. that, but yeah. I'm gonna put it that in my log for your for the yeah. reading for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's in the official logs. Like oh, that guy's stupid. Like same yeah. hey, Spock says, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you noticed, I feel like the emotions uh, depicted by the Romulans are a lot more intense than uh, Spock's. Yeah. Like, but like so Spock I, had. Yeah, so, I guess I say he doesn't have anybody suppresses him. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he suppresses him and accuses like balance whatever. So I kind of feel like maybe they're. I'm not sure the history. I'm guessing top of my head. Maybe we'll learn later. That the Romulans have embraced their emotions in there where they are, and the Vulcans just this didn't want it, and then assuming they fell apart over thousands of years. And if you know, if you know, every time you see the Romulans, if you watch an episode, watch an episode, every time you see the Romulans, whatever, like their emotions on their face, you can read them, but you can never read Spot, at right? All. So, I wonder if they ever do like address that, like how, I mean, again, I'm getting a little bit ahead because of what we find out later between the Vulcans and Romulans. But yeah, I wonder if they ever do address like that whole kind of split thing uh, in any yeah, series. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming they'll come up with it or that's another TV show that might make in the future. Yeah. Just, uh, the origins of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the old man, uh, the old older guy, which they called Centurion, uh, wars the warns the commander that Decius has friends in power and that, you know, he should be really careful about it. And the commander just kind of blows him off, but they have a quick discussion just about, you know, what they're doing. And uh, the commander expresses his concern for starting another war. And he he really seems to, like, just lament kind of what he has to do here. Because he's like, oh, you know, we, we go do this thing and what do we do? We just bring home another war. And, like, he's, he seems like he just doesn't want to continue this cycle of war that his leaders are set on. Um, well, why were you blowing up planets then? Because it's his duty, like he's, it's, his, it's his he, duty. He, yeah, they kind of established that like he's torn between like doing what's best for his people as a whole, but also doing his duty. Like he doesn't want to go start this war because it's just bad for their race to continue doing this. But at the same time, like it is his job and like it's part of his culture that he's bound to do these things. Yep. Which is which is funny because uh, if I remember right, that's how we met um, Captain Pike in the pilot episode too, where he was literally at the end of his wits with the war and what he lost so many people, whatever. And then the first time we see this captain, he's he's uh, after he's kind of this war. He's trying to depict what he wants to do. We think the way he's doing things too. So I, I find it was kind of interesting how the introduction to the captain was kind of sentimental. Like you knew you knew they were the enemy, but at the same time you were you cared for, you cared about their feelings at the same time. Right. That was that, that was really clever put. Yeah, they they kind of establish him as as not being like he is the enemy, but he's not like a bad guy. He's just yeah. you know he's doing what he has to do. Has to do the same the same thing that Kurt is doing what he has to do. So it's like you know neither one is right. There's no there's no real bad guy here. So it's, we're both doing our duty. We have been, our duty. We have to do this for go war or whatever. So it is what it is. Right. Um. So yeah, they just continue on their course, and then we go back to the Enterprise, and they continue to follow the Romulan ship towards the neutral zone. Um, and Style says that they're going to enter the neutral zone in less than an hour, assuming that they don't turn back. And Kirk just like shoots him this dirty look, like, "Dude, will you just shut up already?" <laughs> He's like, yeah, "Like, I'm tired of this." Yeah, he's a smart ass. The whole whole show. Like, I'm sorry, Kirk. I, I want Kirk to hit somebody. and say something to him. One time. <laughs> just smack him. Just a backhand. 
it's fucking be like, this is sure everybody's talking about. This is what rest y'all get. Like, shut up. I'm captain. Stop questioning my. Authority. He's like, I told, I told you a couple of weeks ago that this is not a democracy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I didn't ask for your opinion. <laughs> you embarrassed me in front of her. Smack, He's like, like backs oh. hands them and then he orders them not to rub it. He's like, just just let it burn, let it sting. <laughs> oh man, that's it. You're getting married. <laughs> you and Spock get up there. <laughs> Spock's just married to everybody at this point. Um, so yeah, Scotty calls and uh, tells them that they've brought some debris aboard from Outpost Four, and Kirk is immediately like, "Get it to the briefing room, like let's go." So they all just they head to the briefing room, and why bring Styles? Like just, just yeah. why? Just don't sit down. But yeah. I did notice as soon as he got out, somebody replaced him though. Like they, yeah. they had the B team, they had the B team sitting there ready to go. But then who replaces that guy? And then who replaces that guy? And it's just, it yeah. just keeps on going until eventually. <laughs> There's just a line of people outside the door. Yeah. Yep. And then eventually yep. nobody's doing the dishes or washing the laundry and everything goes to hell because they're all just busy taking everybody's place. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So they go to the uh, the briefing room and they look at this piece of the outpost's uh, protective shield. And Spock says that it's cast rodinium and that it's the hardest substance that they know in their science. Uh, so then he just like squeezes it and it just absolutely shatters, like just shatters, almost explodes yeah. everywhere. Yeah so, yeah. so he says that the their lab theorizes that an enveloping energy plasma was used, uh, forcing it to implode. So McCoy says that uh, he's like, hey, you know, millions of lives depend on on what we do next. And Spock replies that, you know, it also they also depend on what we fail to do. Um so Kirk asks, he's like, hey, can we engage the Romulans with a reasonable possibility of victory? And Scotty's like, yeah, you know, I believe we can do it. Uh, the Romulans' power is, it's just impulse. That's that's all he got, it's just impulse. Uh, Kirk understands, he's like, you know, we can we could outrun the Romulans at least. And then Stiles asks uh, if it, you know, if it's to be used chasing them or retreating. So he's like, you know, we're going to use our, our speed to, to go after them or we're we just going to run away. And he's like, yeah, you know, yeah we but ha- he said that, but he said it in like uh, the, the the little smart ass way, like you know, oh yeah, yeah we're gonna do it. We're like, dude, all episode, like Kirk, slap him, man. Just yeah. back, yeah, just smack just him one. one. Just, just one, just give him one back, like or just thump him right in the middle of the head. Just one time, just look at him, be like, just just one time, man. Just, Grab a piece please, of that Kirk. shield, the hardest material that they know, and just smack <laughs> him <know>? with it. <laughs> smack him with it. Just, just one time. He'll, he'll never question you again. I, I swear, sir. Yeah, then, then like that piece explodes and Styles is fine and he's like, oh, it looks like we have found the hardest material in the universe because he's hard hitting as shit. That was terrible. I'm sorry. No, it works. <laughs> I'm going to apologize no, to that no, one. No, for that, that one, not great. to it. No, that was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah, so, oh. so he goes on to say that they have to attack the Romulans immediately and that they're He's like, hey, there's no doubt that the Romulans violated the treaty because, you know, they're still on our side of the neutral zone. And he's not wrong. Like, yeah. they, they definitely, you know, did some some bad stuff. But uh, Sulu then asks how they can attack what they can't see. And Siles is like, well, you know, we could just use our sensors to find them. Uh, and Sulu's like, well, they're not, you know, reliable. And we would just be firing off and hoping for a lucky shot before they eventually return fire. And Styles says, you know, hey, if we run, the Romulans are just going to report that back home that like they're just going to report that you know back to home that basically yeah. you know we're we're weak and we ran from them and we're scared and sulu's like well what if the romulans can report that they destroyed us instead so like some some really good like you know they both have good points back and forth yeah, they, yeah. kind of the whole uh, both sides of the subject 
whatever from different persons in a group. And then, you know, like it's, it's kind of good that everybody wasn't in an agreement about what to do. You right. know, like like Bones was all like Bones was all about uh, life and, and, and uh, talking it out and see if we, we communicate, you know, and Spock's a logical one. And oh, dude's the most one. Like, no, we had to go to war right now and do everything. You know, so each person had different points or whatever. And it was really cool to see that whole that them talking together. Right. About it. At, the, at this point, if you're in that room trying to make a decision, what would you do? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I'm I'm Team Styles on this. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, he I'm just team he, the, yeah. the way he approaches it is wrong, yeah. but I think that he has the right idea. Like it's very obvious. The ship showed up; it wrecked three whole fucking outposts. Like you can't yes. just let that thing leave. <laughs> no, no. Plus, Agreed. But, and I and soon you'll say you about to say in a minute that uh, Spock comes to that conclusion himself. Uh, you about to say right now? I'm assuming that you got the because yeah. Spock says, "Oh, you know, if if they're just like me." You know, uh, some like us. Then, if he show we- show weakness, well, I, I guess everybody's going to come through. You know, I just, just the way Spock lays it down. I just, I say, like, okay, so they're kind of like Spock. If they see weakness, they're Spock coming. Worded it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just, yeah. Spock says exactly what he said, but he worded it without all the rhetoric behind it. Right. You know, sometimes something about life. Sometimes you know, we got the same message, but you, you there's a lot of dumb stuff in the message you you have. You know, it's, it's hard to communicate the point. That's why I'm glad Spock made it real simple. Like, hey, what he's saying is right. You know, yada 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 yada. Let's we we have to attack. Yeah. You know, and made, he took he took all the all the BS out of it, made it plain and simple. So so Dan, are you also team Styles on this one then? Like go, oh, go after the Romulans? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, I I've been wanting a little bit more of regression anyway from the uh, the Enterprise on some yeah. things. Uh, yep. From past episodes. Yeah. yeah, they they've been pretty passive in some areas where uh, they I guess I mean, even that was a Corbomite maneuver where uh, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, hey, let's shoot this damn thing. And Kirk's like, stop being an idiot. And then they end up doing it anyway. So like he was right. And right. Styles yeah, is right yeah. here. And Kirk did the same thing. It's like God, like God, like beans get like a free pass. But if you're a somewhat civilization like us, we're going to attack the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be OK. Another thing that I thought Spock was going to disagree with him. Because of everything going on, and was Spock agreed with them, I was like, I, I agreed immediately, because you know it's kind of a thing where you know, uh, Styles doesn't trust Spock, but it, but he's backing up Styles and everything Styles is saying though, even though you know it's like uh, a human thing would be to be be the jerk and disagree with him just because, you know, because he he doesn't like me or, or the way he the way he been treating me this whole time, you know, and it's right. very it's very funny that Spock doesn't even that don't even bother Spock at all, like his bigotry don't bother Spock at all. He's like, I ain't worried about that. Like, I'm, I got other things to worry about, you know. So it's kind of cool. Well, Spock's like, you're right. You're making the logical decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. But, but, the, but the irony of it is, what uh, Styles, uh, what Styles says is though is so different though. That's why I just, I don't know. Spock just, yeah. Well, they them. they came to the same conclusion. They just took different paths to get there. Like Styles yeah. is more. He's he's all about the aggression and avenging his family and yeah. all of that. And and. Spock is more like, you know, like this, this makes, yeah, he's like, this makes sense, you know, to try to avoid a, a bigger war. Bigger war. So, yeah. But, so. but yeah, that's where we get like, uh, so, you know, after Sulu talks about, you know, what if they can report that they destroyed, you know, us, uh, Styles gets pissed off and he stands up and he's like, hey, you know, if we run from the Romulans, we're going to guarantee a war. He's like, he's, he sings out Spock again. He's like, he's, he's the expert on these people, uh, but he always seems to leave that point out. And, I, and now I want to know why. And Kirk's just like, hey, you just sit the fuck down for a second here, guy. <laughs> he just keeps going. He just, he just keeps going too far. 
Yeah. So they sit in silence for a moment, and that's where Spock is like, hey, I, I agree with this. We need to go attack the Romulan ship. And then, of course, Bones, uh, he does not agree. And he's like, look, we're we're basing this whole thing on memories of a war from over a century ago based on a people that we've never even met face to face. But yeah. but as we just talked about, he's fucking wrong. Like, they, they didn't just show up and be like, hey, guys, we don't like you. Like, they flip yeah. you off and leave. They destroyed, like, what, three or four outposts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, sir, we took a right turn when we were supposed to take a left turn. Our bad. Yeah, can you tell us how to get back, you know, on the other side of the neutral zone? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we destroyed all these people, but can we just go home? Like, yeah. Nah. We, we got we got a little drunk last night and just we don't know how we got yeah. here. <laughs> no, no clue. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So so then Spock goes on to say that he thinks that it's likely that the Rom the Romulans are an offshoot of the Vulcans and that uh, that makes the need to attack them even more imperative. So McCoy's like, "Look, war is never imperative," and Spock is like, "Well, it is for them." So yeah. Yeah, so Spock goes on to say that the Vulcans, he's he's like, look, we had our aggressive colonizing period and that, you know, it was savage even by Earth standards. So then he says that uh, the Romulans retained that philosophy and that they, you, you know, he's like, we can't show any weakness towards that. And I feel like like a Vulcan army would just be like an army of Terminators, like just Dude, logical, you, you, cold, just killing machines. machines yeah, just like, yeah, that'd be crazy. Like, God, that would just just be absolutely terrifying. Can you imagine the weapons that they could make? For real. Uh, seeing that's the thing, though. I, we don't know nothing about... Vul- we haven't seen any Vulcan technology yet. Yeah. Well, so, so, yeah, so are Vul- all Vulcans Vulcan. as smart, smart as Spock? We don't, we don't know that either. He's the only one met so far. Like, yeah, is, is there a species overall just more intelligent? That's, I guess that's what I'm asking. I think I, the I'm little bit sure. that I've seen is that they're all pretty much like sure. Spock. Yeah. But that I think my only other experience with them comes from the uh, the Kelvin timeline. I think is what it's called the the J.J. Abrams universe. Yeah, that's the only thing with me too. But I can't is imagine that... they'd be much different, you know, in the in the other timeline, right? I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming they're still smart. As far as I know, I assume they're smart, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And then um, and then I I'm assuming they're gonna have some goofy love story version of Spock eventually, and then we'll have to get we can see a, a female Vulcan eventually because. I don't know. I just haven't seen any, anyone but him, so I'm curious to know is the other. And all these are guys, too. Everybody on the ship are all men, too. Yeah. An, an army of Spock would be terrifying just because you got the, the brains and the bronze. You know, yeah, combined. they're like super, they have like yeah. super strength. Yeah. That's what I was wondering, too, when he crushed that like shield plate thing is like, was it really messed up or is he just super strong? He's like, this is the strongest thing we have. And he just crushes it with no problem just because he can. He's like, don't you bitches forget this. <laughs> he just does it because he can. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, McCoy goes on to ask, he's like, look, do we want a, a galactic war on our conscience? And so Kirk just uh, ignores him and he calls the bridge to ask for their position. And Uhura tells him that they're about 21 minutes from the treaty boundary being the neutral zone and that the nearest outpost will get their first message that they send out in about three hours. So Kirk uh, just hangs up on her as he does. And he tells Spock to check their course ahead and Spock says that the intruder is changing their course and heading towards uh, a magnitude seven comet. Um, so Kirk, they, they all kind of agree that if the Romulan ship passes through the comet's tail, uh, it's going to leave a trail of the debris, uh, even if it's in- invisible. So that's how they're going to be able to track it, which is super smart. And so Kirk then orders everybody to their battle stations and, you know, they all leave. And McCoy is like, hey, you know, you're taking a, a pretty big gamble on this. 
and then we go to a commercial break and again i'm just like this is it's it's good like this episode is so damn good everything that they do is just good like this whole meeting thing is fantastic i agree and thank goodness we don't have commercials to interrupt it right yep Oh, I mean, better I'll get a commercial because then I can run to the restroom and stuff like that, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can you imagine just like the commercial comes and you go get a snack or whatever, go to the restroom when you come back and you missed a part? Yeah, I'd be mad. I haven't even before in real life. It hasn't me though when I was younger, when, uh, you know, before we had all yeah, this actually, stuff. Yeah, actually, yeah, I guess, yeah, we're all. We're yeah, you all just straight up missed it. There's no that. rewinding it. Yeah. I'm assuming these kids growing up nowadays are like, what's a commercial? Like, you know what a commercial <laughs> is? Like, you, you don't know what a commercial is? Like, but why is it? What's up? What's up? You don't know about that? Nothing? Like, oh, yeah, I saw it on YouTube. Like, you, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It'd be like, what's a commercial? TV, TV <laughs> commercial. That'd be funny. Ugh, I think TV is nothing but commercials now, though, sadly. That's why I, I don't really watch uh, any of it. Oh, see, neither do I. Ad free. Same. Yeah. I ain't paying for that. I mean, we're, hey, we're <laughs> ad free. We're an ad free podcast. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah, guys, hey, you want to be a sponsor on our thing? Give us some money, man. We'll, Which we'll, actually, we'll... this is a great time to tell you about our sponsor for this week. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have one. <laughs> Although these, you know what, though? I was thinking about our format. Like, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't want to ever put ads in this. But if I did, the commercial breaks in the show would be a perfect time to to, to throw those in there. Just throw yeah. that out. <laughs> That'd be funny. But uh, so, yeah, back on the bridge uh, of the Enterprise, they have the comment on their screen. And Kirk is asking for battle status. And Sulu says that all of the stations are manned, and Styles says that the phasers are energized and they're set for a proximity blast. So Kirk uh, says that the moment that the Romulans enter the comet tail and become visible, they are going to swing around to the other side and catch them. And he's like, "Go!" He's like, "Get after him, Mister Sulu!" And so you know they they go, and then we go back to the Romulan ship, and they're just enjoying a nice view of the comet. They're like, "Wow, this is really neat! I can't believe we get to see this." <laughs> Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so yeah. weird. They're just like, this is real cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why did they even oh, turn so towards cool. that? Now we know why, because they're just going on like a sightseeing tour. Maybe they have. Maybe that's the first time in their life they got to see a comet this close up. They want to. Yeah, yeah even the, the comet doesn't cross the neutral zone. Part of the treaty yeah. is that comets are not allowed to go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the commander is like, hey, the uh, particles of the comet are going to obscure, you know, our enemy ship sensors, being the Enterprise. And I, I always type or you know, I, I put Enterprise in my notes. They never actually say it, but it's just so we can better keep track of it. Yeah. Uh, so then they go and they enter the comet's tail and the commander says that once they're fully obscured by the comet, then they're going to turn to face their enemy. Um, and then one of them points out, he's like, Hey, that reflection that was following us, that's not there anymore. So the commander is immediately, he's like, okay, escape maneuver one. Like, and then, you know, they take action and their ship kind of starts like, uh, just shaking everywhere. So he's just another captain that's immediately on it. Like he, he, he had that look on his face, like something is not right. Like we need to change this. Yeah, ex- exactly. It kind of showed you the current of him in a way. Of yeah. Like he's like, oh, wait a minute, something's wrong. Decision making a qu- quick or whatever, quick on his feet. Made decisions. He looked on his face like he was shocked for a minute. Like, wow, I can't believe he thought what I thought at the same time. Yeah. But then I was wondering, like, uh, so okay, they have escape maneuver one. But what if the guy that's in charge of the maneuvers like didn't study the maneuver playbook, so he just does the wrong <laughs> yeah. one? He's yeah. like, he's like, give me maneuver, maneuver one, four. but he actually does like maneuver seven. So they just start doing like yeah. a cartwheel for no reason. Yeah, like, unlike, what the hell unlike, are you doing? Unlike the, our enterprise, whatever they do, uh, training things all the time to be perfect. Yeah, you know? yeah, all the hundred percent. Yeah, but this team is amazing over there. Hey, what are you going to do yeah. with that six percent? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, we know. Become be like the Romulans, apparently. 
<laughs> everything in step. Another thing I want to clarify also is you, you can see the emotion on his face. Yeah. Like the Romulans. That's why I'm saying I feel like it's weird because like it's it's almost like Spock, you know, except it's like they, they truly you can see all the emotions on their face the whole time. The fear, the anger, the worriedness. You see everything on their face. So, yeah, I, just, I noticed that a lot. I also know that, you know, if I'm the, the commander in this situation and they're mm. like, hey, you know, that uh, that reflection that was following us is gone. I'm 100 percent dead because I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go. It's gone. Like, what what is what does that mean? Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to just sit there and be like, wait, wait a minute. If that means that it's gone. And that must mean that, and then like that's the, the moment that we explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five minutes, yeah. Like, oh, they must have turned back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're it. Like, you, yeah, decision that fast, whatever on the fly. Yeah. So, uh, so we go back to the Enterprise, and they are losing the Romulan ship on their sensors because of the comet. And Kirk orders them to stand by and be ready as they sit and watch their screen. Uh, but then they quickly realize, or Kirk realizes, that the Romulans have guessed their move. So Kirk orders them to turn hard to starboard. He's like, hey, they're like they're going to turn and face us. Like, we need to get away from here. So uh, Kirk is like, well, that's exactly what I would have done. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to underestimate this guy again. And then he orders and them to... At that to, point, they both respect each other. Yeah, like that's... Yeah, exactly. They're both just like, man, this guy's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then he Kirk orders them to fire blindly and just lay down a pattern of phasers and the ship just starts firing into space, just kind of hoping to hit the Romulans. And I was like, dude, this like this shot of the Enterprise firing. I, I don't know why yeah. it just like it hits like a spot for me. Like that's like it's just it looks good. It sounds yeah. good. Yeah, it does. And I don't know what yeah. it is. I'd I love that damn ship. And that was just amazing. That was cool. Yeah. The whole episode, man, it just gets better and better. Yeah. So. Uh, the Romulan ship just starts like shaking from the blasts everywhere because if you remember, they're using proximity blasts, so I assume that they're exploding when they get near something. Would be yeah. my guess. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, so this is where uh, the Romulan ship's all shaking, and then a like a huge piece just falls from the ceiling and smacks the uh, Centurion, and so they go to like Only lift had a helmet. Right, exactly, but also. <laughs> What the fuck was that piece? Like, it looked like a piece of concrete. <laughs> like, is there anything inside of the ship made of concrete? <laughs> it was like, make this thing heavy as shit. It don't matter in space. Is the piece of metal that fell down and hit him? Yeah, it just it really looked like concrete to me. Yeah, that's funny. Oh my but then, gosh. like, they go over and they, like, lift the piece off of him and then they divert all their power to their weapons to get ready to fire. Uh, and then we go back to the Enterprise and their phasers have overloaded, which is weird because they didn't shoot a whole lot. Uh, but... Their, one of their control circuits have burned out. So Spock just immediately goes under a panel and just starts making repairs. And Sulu is like, Captain, are these guys surrendering? And then they, they all look at the screen to see just the ship appear and it just fires its weapon. And like that was just yeah, a really a good reveal for what was happening. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looked look cool. But Kirk is like, hey, you know, emergency warp. And then, you know, the, the Romulan blast just keeps approaching them. So they go to full power. Uh, but they can't outrun the the blast. And Sulu's like, damn, if we can just get one phaser working, you know, we could detonate that blast with one shot. Um, and Styles then calls out that the uh, blast, they're going to be overtaken by it in two minutes. And I was like, Jesus, dude, that thing, like, vaporized an asteroid. Like, that's overkill for the Enterprise. Like, they'd be toast. For real. So, uh, Spock says that it's impossible to get the phasers back online. And uh, Kirk, like, some guy comes by and Kirk, like, hands him off this like little tablet thing. And he's like, Hey, you know, feed that into the space recorder and jettison that immediately. So he's already like 
hey, we're screwed. Like, we're, we're not going to survive this. We need to get record we're, of this out. Yeah, we're going to die here. Yeah, which was weird for him. Uh, but then uh, Janice, Yeoman Rand, enters the bridge, and she comes up to him to ask if she should continue to the log entry, but he just he interrupts her, and he's just like, Yeoman. <laughs> just like all like weird. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, then he yeah. just stares at her. He just looks yeah, like, at her. Like, like, he, like he wanted to say something without saying it. Yeah. Like, like yeah, one, just, yeah. yeoman. <laughs> okay. Well, you realize, like every death, every death experience they had as been into the world type thing. She's always came to him at the end, is holding his hand, and, and yeah. she's always close to him every time. Like, like they, like they have a relationship or something that they they can't talk about. But every time there's always the end of the world thing. They seem to be right next to each other. She's always holding, holding them close, holding his hand or something. Yeah, and at this point, I'm just like, just make out with her already, dude. Like, you think you're about to die? Like, just do it. No. Yeah, you, no one's going to say anything. You're the captain. Yeah. yeah. You can just order them all to forget it. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's right. You didn't see anything. I didn't see nothing. That's right. It makes me wonder if they don't have a past that they're just slowly telling over all these episodes. Like, eventually, there'll, eventually there'll be an episode where they review their acknowledge that them? something happened between the two of them. At the Christmas party, remember? You know? Yeah, no, that was with Helen. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Oh, man. Maybe he had a lot of fun that day, you know? Yeah, he went to more than one party. <laughs> yeah, he's Captain Kirk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, so then he just tells her to, to keep doing the log entries, and uh, Sulu is like, hey, we got 10 seconds of impact, because, you know, he loves timepieces. And uh, Sulu then notices that the blast was dissipating, and Kirk is like, oh, man, it's got to hit, like, it must have a range limit then. Um, so Sulu starts counting down from si- five seconds to impact, and then that's when Janice is just like, just basically holding on to Kirk for dear life. Uh, so the blast hits him, and then, you know, the Enterprise starts shaking, like, super violently, and everybody just gets thrown to the, to the ground. And, and Kirk's just like, oh, it does have a limited range. Like, we're okay. Yeah. Um, we made it. Yeah. Like, that wasn't that bad. We, yeah, actually, we should, thing, we should though, do that again. The one thing, though, it's like, you knew, when, so the Kirk knew that. He put it in his head information he needed to know to finish the, at the end, you know. Right. Like, like you said, it's like, oh, yeah, limited range. Okay, good. I'm glad I know that now. That's one more thing I know. He put it in his head for later on when he comes up with his plan. Here's what's stupid after that scene, though. Spock's like, oh, hey, the phasers are working again. Like, five seconds after they got hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, oh, you know. What, what, like, oh, they're not, they, they won't fire in that two minutes, but two minutes and ten seconds, they're good to go. Well, I mean, the Enterprise really is just a big piece of electronics, and everybody knows that sometimes in order to get an electronic to work, you have to beat the shit out of it. So that's why it started working again. That that's true. Fair fair enough. Yeah. So you know, if your TV remote don't work, smack it a couple times. It'll work. <laughs> Enterprise is just a big remote. Yeah. So uh, so Spock announces that the phasers are operational, and uh, he announces that the intruder has returned to their old course. So he thinks that maybe the they might think that the Enterprise was destroyed. And Kirk is like, well, you know, I wouldn't make that assumption. So I don't think that you know they would either. And then he orders Sulu to just keep following them. So back on the Romulan ship, uh, the commander is caring for the Centurion, who had a piece of concrete like dropped on his head. And uh, one of the crew announces that the reflection that was following them has returned. So the commander then orders them to activate their cloak. But the crewman's like, hey, you know, we can't do that. We're low on fuel. And the commander's like, well, you know, just do it anyway. Go do it. Uh so then they kind of wonder if the Enterprise actually survived their blast. And the commander says that the Earth ship's uh, commander isn't one to repeat a mistake. So he's like, you know, what we just did, that's that's not going to work again. Like, this guy's not an idiot. 
So we go back to the Enterprise and uh, Spock actually, it's a really weird like scene because Styles is just sitting at his navigation panel and Spock just comes up and approaches him like from behind, just like kind of leans over him. And then Styles just shoots him a dirty look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Styles just gives him a dirty look and he's just like, okay, we're going to be entering the neutral zone in like a minute. (laughs) Like Spock's just, you think that he did that on purpose too? He's like, I'm going to go screw with this guy. Like, I know he hates me, so I'm just going to go hang out. I'm going to get right next to him. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, he didn't even say anything. He didn't do anything. Yeah, he just looked over his shoulder. Like, I'm I'm, I'm in charge of you. See what you're going on. Hey, he's got a sense of humor. He just doesn't show it. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, he does with Bones every now and then. That's true. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then McCoy uh, asks, he's like, well, you know, are we going to violate the treaty? And Spock is like, well, the, the Romulans already did. And yeah, they did. Uh, so Bones says, that you know, once we're inside, you know, the neutral zone, the Romulans can then claim that, you know, that we're the aggressors, basically. Um, which, so was Kirk- smart, uh, which, which was a smart thing to say, because I didn't think about that until he said it. Yeah, like it could, the whole thing could just be like a, a trap. Yeah, I think about that to the center. Like, oh yeah, as soon as we get going there, they could just shoot up. Like, oh yeah, no, they they came in here after us, like et cetera, et cetera. So, well, don't don't mind the four bases that were just destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, allegedly, we, we they could have been like, oh well, you, you guys had had issues and they, you guys destroyed them to trick us. To, yeah. Like four other that, asteroids hit those asteroids and just obliterated them. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you guys ever play pool and like you see, you know, when you break. They just started bouncing off each other and everything went to hell. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Kirk is like, no, you know, we're going to get these guys while they're still on our side of the neutral zone. Uh, and he orders Sulu to go full ahead to maximum warp. And it's like, it's great that he's just like, no, we're going to, we're chasing these guys. Like, let's, let's just go. Like, that's it. So then he tells Styles to prepare the phasers. And, uh, he says that the ship has to become visible in order to fire their weapon. And, Styles is like, well, you know, a phaser hit at this distance would take the wildest stroke of luck. And Kirk's like, yeah, I'm aware of that. Uh, so, yeah. that, I mean, that's just going to be their plan. And then the Romulans notice that the Enterprise is following them. So they just take evasive action. And then that's when the Enterprise starts firing blindly into space again. And the Romulan ship, again, it just like starts rocking all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so Styles announces that they have 20 seconds before they enter the neutral zone, and Kirk tells Uhura to inform the command base that, you know, in his opinion, they didn't have an option and that they have to go do this. So they just continue firing, and then on the Romulan ship, the Romulans see that the Centurion is dead. They're like, oh, you know, that guy survived longer than we thought he would, you know, having that thing <laughs> basically crush him. <laughs> like, no, nobody's more, surprised either. The more and more I see these guys clothes, I swear it looks like uh, crochet outfits, man. I swear <laughs> it looks like the crocheted outfits around them, and it's driving me crazy. Even if, even if it's Roman based or whatever, whatever it is, it looks like they crocheted some outfits together, and then they ma- they made a part of their clothes. I, I swear it if, is. I wonder if like that thing they have hanging over their shoulder denotes rank in any way or something like that. When I don't know because um, I saw multiple guys with the same color, so I don't know if that's if that how it works. Because I, I noticed that uh, like our commander has a. A, p- a pink one on the shoulder, but I thought somebody had like a pink uh, thing around their waist. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't know then. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't so, notice that. Yeah, but, but yeah, I'm not sure I just I saw that they were different colors. I just I didn't see like who had what colors. Who had what? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I th- I think I saw somebody with similar colors. Or I'm not 100 sure, but man, the helmets yeah. are ugly. Helmets yeah. are, oh my gosh, they're so ugly. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> so get you ugly. one. 
Dude, I'm gonna find dude, somebody oh to God. make you one, and <laughs> so you're gonna have to wear it because it's a gift. I'm gonna have to wear it. Just check up in my helmet. Oh yeah. my God, it's so ugly. You have to wear it to work. Here's your Halloween costume. Oh, oh, get out of here. That's my new hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh. so one of the Romulan crew asks their commander why they're not firing back, and he just refuses and says that you know, the thing he thinks the other commander is trying to get them to waste their energy. Uh, he thinks that they know that you know they're running out of fuel which i don't know how spock or how uh, kirk would know that but uh so then he orders I, I them think, to I put think spark, well remember you gotta remember uh spock's been telling them the whole time that it takes a large amount of energy to keep the cloak up yeah, yeah so, okay yeah that's fair yeah that's true that's yeah, true so, so i assume they kind of spot him the idea of how much like they, they gotta be running low by now because there's no way to have a big about source that powerful to fire the weapon be that cloak that long so i'm assuming they're I'm assuming, I assume he used that to say, oh, they're definitely going to run out of power sooner or later. But you got to remember, that's the same thing that happened between the other ship in the other episode, the, the carbonite maneuver. Yeah. Whatever, where yeah, they, they tried too hard to run, run out of fuel. Along. Yeah, talking about, yeah, trying to run out of power, whatever. So I thought that it was kind of something they use a lot to, a power as a way to show that this ship's getting weaker. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so the commander then orders all of their debris to be put into disposal tubes, including the body of the Centurion. And then we go back to the Enterprise and Spock announces that the motion sensor signal has stopped. And so Kirk orders them to stop firing. Uh, and then Sulu says, he's like, hey, you know, I've, we're picking up a bunch of debris. And Spock says that it's vessel wreckage containing uh, metal molds, conduit, plastiform, and a body. And uh, he says that it's insufficient mass and that he thinks that it's not the vessel, but it, that it's a trick. So he thinks that they didn't destroy, you know, the enemy ship, but they're just, they're just being tricked. Spock and, being Spock again. Yeah. Talking about it's, not, it's not enough yep. debris. Not enough debris. It don't make any sense to me. Real quick, too. I just. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you say, Spock. Cool. But I mean, Real like, quick. I would think, you know, I think he wouldn't or they would all think that, you know, if you think you just destroyed this ship. And you find like six pieces of cardboard and a dead body, and like that's that's not what that ship was made of, you know? Yeah, but a lot, a lot of times, the, it beyond all recognition. Yeah, yeah, but this, uh, I think it's the first episode uh, episode thing I've ever watched in my entire life, like the destruction related, where they said there wasn't enough debris for it to actually be destroyed, like that that idea itself. Yeah. Like I've watched a lot of stuff in my entire life of like that ships and space and. And different shows or cars or whatever. Like I've never heard the term I never heard them refer to as oh, we know that you found that debris, that's not enough debris to match what actually was destroyed. Like that's that's a clever way of making uh Spock even smarter, you know, by by detecting how much the mass wasn't um enough mass. Right. So I've never I've, I've never heard that used in everything I've ever did I've seen before. So that was kind of clever and cool to me. Yeah, personally. just a really good observation on his part. Yep. Uh, so then Kirk orders Spock to go to his sensor probes and Spock's like, well, you know, there's nothing out there. Uh, we, I think we've lost them. And then we go to a commercial break. So we come back from the commercial to the first captain's log in a while. They didn't, uh, they haven't done a lot of these this episode, which was really surprising. Yeah. Uh, but it just explains, you know, basically what's happened so far in the episode. And then Kirk also explains through his log that they've uh, been silently waiting with their systems off, hoping to regain contact with the ship. Um, Spock wants to go make some repairs and Kirk tells him, you know, Hey, you can do that, but go be quiet. And then, uh, on the Romulan ship, they're just, they're whispering that they can't find, you know, the enemy ship and that it must've left. Uh, but the commander thinks that it's still out there somewhere. And this immediately to me 
uh, reminded me of, I read uh, a, a Tom Clancy novel called Red Storm yeah. Rising. And there's a, a lot about submarine warfare in that. And that's basically what this is. Like there was a lot of uh, scenes in that book where, you know, they know that there's another sub and it's basically the first one to make a noise loses. And that's, that's like, this is it just in space. Like that there's has to Tom, be just incredibly. Right. Uh, Tom Clancy writes like Jack Ryan and the Jack yep. Ryan uh, movie. One of the Jack Ryan movies or whatever. Uh, uh, what, who, one of the guys, uh, who the hell is it? Sean, Sean, Sean Connery? Sean Connery. Yeah, he is the captain of a ship, and they're literally he could, he gets to sit the submarine and takes submarine across uh, across the land or whatever, and the, and the way to detect them is uh, they start singing in the submarine, and it's like be able to hear the sounds. Yeah, was that uh, uh, Hunt for Red October? I think I think that might have been the one. I think that might okay. be the one. Okay, yeah, I or, haven't seen it or read it, but I, I know of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that was one. Yeah, and that that happened. So when you said that, that's what I thought about too at the same time about a similar thing with the whole. Let me never take things about being quietly in West Point. Yeah. Which that has to be like super tense. Just absolutely yeah, I bet, insane. Dude. I, I think it would, uh, I think it'd be really cool if they actually did that in here. Like they don't do, they don't do a lot of cutting out sound in movies or whatever when they do. Like cut out the sound, just hear the breathing and hear the ship and hear everybody being quiet. Try not to hear each other. The right. intensity of it. That'd have been really cool. I, I then, want, how did Kirk that, tell the whole crew though on, on the ship though? Like, hey, y'all got to be quiet. Yeah, I was just yeah. wondering that too because you can't come over the the intercom for that. Yeah, I think he's, there's he's a lot just, of movies though, a lot of war movies like that where the uh, intensity goes when you cut the sound, you got to be quiet or whatever. So I just I can imagine like I'm not saying anything wrong with the show. I just imagine that moment being like a little more intense if they came up with a, you know, like it's been this been too much time and everybody's quiet and everybody can't hear. You know, it's like a but this, it's a, this brings me to my only complaint of the episode. Here okay. in a second, when Spock goes to get up and he accidentally hits a button, oh, that just doesn't seem like something Spock would do. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, we'll we'll cover that one when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, go, but, go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead, keep going. Bro. Well, when you were asking about like how do they let the whole ship know, Dan? I just imagine like Kirk goes up to somebody at the bridge and he's like, "Hey, don't say anything. Pass it down." And then they just like they <laughs> yeah. just pass it down the whole the whole <laughs> ship that way. Um, yeah, we actually get a, at this point we get a supplemental captain's log explaining that they've been motionless for nine hours and forty seven minutes, which is absolutely grueling. Yeah, uh, uh, and Kirk is in his quarters at this point, and when Yeoman Rand enters to see if he wants anything from the galley, you're like, "Hey, you want some coffee or whatever?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'll take some. Just uh, take it to the bridge because I'm going to be there momentarily." And then uh, the, the little moment that they could have had gets interrupted when McCoy enters and. Uh, you know, Yeoman Rand leaves and Kirk's like, man, you know, I wish I was on a long sea voyage somewhere where I ha- have no responsibility. So like this, this, the stress of this whole thing is is starting to get to him. Yeah, yeah and, because uh, you got to think about it. It's like, this is a war. This is like a galaxy war that, that he's trying to avoid. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, I, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the normal, like, intensity of just like him and his crewmates, you know. It's like, if, I, if, I, if I'm wrong about this, then, you know, this the repercussion is going to be for centuries. Yeah, but countless, you know potentially millions of lives. I mean, hell with the way that the Romulans, you know, their weapons they've shown, like this could be the end of the human race if they screwed up. <laughs> yeah, for real. The weapons are real strong. I, I'm saying. Yeah. But so, so he says like, uh, he's like, you know, when I look around and I see the people on the bridge and they're all waiting for me to make the make the next move. And he asked McCoy, he's like, what if I'm wrong? And so, uh, you know, McCoy starts to try to answer, but, uh, Kirk interrupts him. And he's like, you know, I don't, I don't expect an answer to that. And he goes to exit the room, and uh, 
So McCoy grabs Kirk by the shoulder and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I do have something to say that I seldom, seldom get to say to a, a customer. But he's like, he really you know, hesitated to say customer, which is weird because he doesn't really have customers. Like nobody's paying him for yeah. his service, I guess. Yeah, but nobody's paying him for his drinks. Because yeah. I, I, when he's a customer, I think he's, <laughs> I think he's referring to he, he like, yeah, but he always comes, he always making a drink. Yeah, so that's I, a, I think, yeah, I wonder if this is like he's uh he's bartender McCoy and not um, yeah. Surgeon McCoy right now. Yeah, that's why that's kind of what I thought in my head immediately. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, see, you always pick up on that stuff. I don't pick up on any of that stuff. Yeah. I'm glad we get to talk about this though because it adds another <laughs> another layer. Like it makes stuff you know that it makes the show that much better. Yeah, uh, for real. When you guys see this stuff that I don't. But uh, yeah, he says uh, he says in this galaxy there's a mathematical probability of three million Earth type planets. And in all of the universe, three million million galaxies like this one. And in all of that, and perhaps more, only only one of each of us. And he says, uh, don't destroy the one named Kirk. Which is like, that's that's a hell of a, a, a good little speech there. It was a great there. line. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just like, you know, basically, you know, whatever you do, you do know. You. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever, yeah, whatever you do, just do Kirk. Like, what would yeah. Kirk do? And just... Whatever you say, we're going with it, and then we live the consequences afterwards. And then, like Kirk, just kind of gives him like a, it's very slight, a very slight little, like almost a smile, like one corner of his mouth moves yeah. up slightly, and then he, yeah, and then he just yeah. walks away. I think he touches him on the shoulder, or whatever, like thanks or something like that. I think he does that, and then when he's walking out too, yeah, he gives him like a shoulder touch, like thanks, bro. You know, I mean, I'm glad to hear that, and then just goes in. And like this scene in any other episode would have been amazing. But like the fact that it's in this episode just really kicks this one up even more for me. Like yep. it's just, it's yep. stupid. Yep. It's just I, I agree. It's it, stupid it's, how good this is. Yeah, I don't know who wrote this. I never even looked up. I, I didn't th- think about that. But I wonder, wonder how many other episodes they wrote too, and if they're just, just as good as this is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they go back on the bridge, and this is where Spock is making the repairs, and the crew's just kind of hanging out in silence. And then yeah, he goes to get up. And he gets up from underneath the console, but he grabs the top of it and like hits a button or a switch and it starts a really loud alarm, which, yeah, that's that. I feel like you're right, Dan. That was, I, that's I, very unspock. I just didn't buy this part of the scene. Like Spock would know better than, than to do that. Uh, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess I guess to be in Spock is the issue technically, because if it been Stillman's goofy ass, we'd be like, oh, yeah, Stillman. But idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the styles. Yeah. yeah. Get st- yeah, still. Oh, sorry, Styles. If it been Styles, like, oh, who cares? Like, get Styles. Nobody would care. Like, okay, he's the idiot. We don't care. If it had been Sulu, we might feel the type way. Like, oh my gosh, but or, or somebody else in the crew. But it was Spock, the the person who never makes mistakes. It's like, yeah, it's he makes a mistake those, now. Like, it's like now we never. It's it just like unless we, unless we're going to say that it should have been yeah. something more random. Like someone forgot and just flushed the toilet. Like, oh shit, <laughs> I just do this all. The only thing I can say is. The, the, by doing that, they say, "Okay, even Spock is fallible. Like in his moments, even Spock can make a mistake." Yeah, like if, if that's what they're if that's what they're going for, then that's what I I, I got that idea of it. I, I'm not sure though. Like at this moment, it was it's just like, a hey, bad mistake. Yeah, 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 it's so intense that even Spock is making actually made a mistake right now. That's that's how the intensity is even drawn up even more. Because you know, because even Spock can be infallible. So like that's that's what I got from it. Even though I know it shouldn't be Spock. You know, right. I thought, okay, it's Spock making a mistake, and obviously this is so intense, it even by the Spock. So, that's and I wonder that. too, like, so this entire episode, uh, Styles has hated Spock, and he's like, you know, 
I, I, I don't trust this guy. I think he's a spy. This is his one time to go, see, he's doing it on purpose. Like, he, he did that on purpose so that they would find yeah. us. And he, <laughs> and he doesn't say shit. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, say a damn one thing. One like, see, I knew he was a spy. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, this, if he just said that, I'd be on your side then. Like, I knew he was a spy. Look, he wants him to kill us all. Like, yeah, and he didn't say you know, shit. If he would have done... If he would have done that, though, what comes later on in the episode would have been uh, made that much better. Of, right. Uh, the resolution that would end up happening. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you're right about that. I think that he should have, I think it was kind of weird that he didn't say, oh, look, he's done a purpose, it's a spy. Like, I said that immediately, and that would have made everything else even, even more intense at the end. Like, yeah, I told you. He's trying to get us all killed. He's one of them. Like, I could just, <laughs> he's one yeah. of them. Like, yeah, just, that was surprising. I wonder if maybe, I mean, I highly, I very highly doubt it, but I wonder if like that's something that got cut or something, and then they just left the the Spock panel part in is how they got revealed. I don't but, know. Well, because Spock gets up like, oh, that's my B. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, because it, it this yeah. does still lead into something else. So maybe yeah, this was the plan the whole time. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then his head or whatever. Yeah, and like his um, he doesn't seem Styles doesn't seem like he's been angry or anything. His his uh level of intensity hasn't went up. So he. I don't think he would do nothing like yelling at somebody or not that. I don't think that it happened. I don't think it would have worked. Yeah. But as the alarm is going off, Kirk actually has like a revelation and he's like, no, no, this is fine. Like, this is good. Well, we're going to run with this. So the Romulans, you know, they picked up the, uh, the sound and they start moving towards the enterprise. And so Kirk orders everybody to power everything on and go uh, reverse course, uh, thinking that the Romulans are going to try to slip under them somehow. And so then he just starts ordering the phasers to fire. So they're like going backwards, like just shooting as they yeah, go shoot, backwards. Yeah, shoot, shoot, back, shoot back with them shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they just, they start firing and the Romulan ship is shaking all over the place again. And uh, the the Romulans are like, the or the, the Romulan commander, he's like, man, the enemy commander is like a sorceress and he just reads my thoughts in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> when those ones say like, like, it's like, oh man, like Kurt's. Yeah. The way, the way Kurt, the people, other captains can't are marvel by Kurt, like in a, in a way that they don't understand. Like, how's this guy? Every time I, every time they get in a fight with somebody, Kurt finds a way. Every time, you know, he seems to outsmart the other person, no matter who they are. That's why I can't wait for him to be like in a position where somebody with superior intelligence is really trying to kill them. Right. You know, and I just I can't imagine how he comes out of that, how he thinks his way out of it, how impressed impressed I'll be. Uh, yeah. The way he God, I hope we get something like that. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so the uh, the Romulan commander goes on to say that he they're like, hey, you know, our fuel supply is all but gone, and they they just keep staying out of reach. And then uh, that Decius dude, like, he just gives up. He's like, we're beaten. You know, we're the the Praetor's <laughs> finest and proudest flagship, and we're beaten. <laughs> it's like, like, dude, it's not that bad. <laughs> we're not there yet. So the commander then orders them to put more debris into the tubes uh, in order to you know jettison them. And he's like, hey, do we have any of those old-style nuclear warheads laying around in, like, a drunk junk drawer or anything? Yeah. And Dusty's yeah. like, no, we, we do have some of those. Yeah, he's yeah, like, we got those, but they're, but they're just for self-destruction. And so the commander's like, put that shit in the tube. Like, set it with a proximity fuse and, and pump that thing out of here. So we go back to the Enterprise, and Sulu advises Kirk that there's more wreckage. And so Kirk is like, all right, let's stop shooting. Because, like, something doesn't seem right. And Spock says that in the debris... Uh, that the debris in his scanner is the same type as before, except it has one metal cased object. And then Kirk orders the helm to move over and fire Fired. the phasers. And I'm like, yeah. like, like, what did he think was in the metal container that he's just I, immediately I, wants to fire on it? No, I think exactly what he thought it was a bomb. And he wants to blow it up immediately. 
instead of instead of letting it come get toward them, closer to them, and blow up. Okay, yeah, and he probably just didn't expect it to be like a centuries old uh, nuclear explosion. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was, he just I think he knew it was a bomb. He said, "Yo, blow it up immediately before we get any closer to it," because he knew they couldn't survive if they got any closer. Okay, yeah, and that's probably why he ordered them to, ordered them to to move F- and then fire. fire. Okay, yep. yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, but they do fire, and then there's like a huge explosion, and everybody in the Enterprise gets thrown to the floor, and all of the lights go out, which was actually a really good scene. Like normally, they kind of were shaking around on the ship. Uh, feels really like cheesy, but in this yeah. whole episode, it's been great. Also, did you guys notice that like the the coloring and the lighting for this episode is different? Yeah, see, I, I thought it was different because I was watching it on different TV. But yeah, I noticed it's it's a little brighter, maybe. I thought that like everything was was like dimmer for me. Uh, like lighting, like, like everything seemed it seemed more serious for me. Oh, again, well, maybe I, I noticed it seemed like uh. When they would focus like on Kirk, like there'd be shadows, but they'd be above and under his eyes. Yeah, that, that actually that happens all the time. Actually, by the way, anytime yeah. there's a, well, it does, scene. but it seems like this episode they really emphasize on it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so um, so yeah, there's the explosion, lights go out, they all fall over, and then the Romulans start celebrating their victory, and the commander's like, "Yeah, we're going home," but Decius says that he's like, "Hey, you know, they're at our mercy." And, you know, do I need to remind you of your duty? Which is funny for the, the guy that was just, you know, two minutes ago was like, oh, we're screwed. We're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to the Enterprise and McCoy tells Kirk that they have 22 casualties so far. And uh, it's mostly radiation burns, which is insane because we haven't had an Enterprise crew member die in six episodes. And now the death toll goes from 18 to 40. And they made it up pretty quick, see? They made it up yeah, for us real they, fast. They, yeah, we were like, when's somebody going to die? And now 40 yeah. people, or 22 died into like a, in a matter episode. of a second. Yeah. I said 23, yeah. but go ahead. Uh, so Spock reports that uh, it was some kind of nuclear device and that their phasers detonated it from less than 100 meters away and that the ship's damage is mainly overload, overloads and uh, circuit burnouts, which is insane. Like, no structural damage. I was going to say, that's a big nuclear bomb. They hit you with like radiation burns from a hundred meters away. They got the chills on them. I'm willing to forgive the fact that uh, if a nuke exploded in space like that, that they they'd be fine because I believe there'd be no shock wave. Well, everything that I've read is that it there basically would not be an explosion, and I could be wrong because I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, yeah, it, it just there wouldn't really be an explosion like that far out into space. It would it would basically be like nothing. Well, and also. Maybe they've come up. Maybe the nuclear explosion is not what we think of it as. Maybe it's a whole lot of. Maybe it's a whole different kind of power source, different power, different ways they made it. And so they maybe they made maybe maybe bombs. it's like a precursor, to like an uh, anti gravity bomb or something like that, or antimatter bomb. Yeah, I just figure that the Enterprise is made out of some real good shit. <laughs> yeah, I do want to clarify. I started. I, I watched this. I watched the episode. We're talking about it. I didn't want to clarify that you were right about the colors and the Romulans. Oh, really? That. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's got all the guys around the low level guys wearing blue skirts with a, and then one guy's wearing a blue satchel across his shoulder. Which I'm assuming he's in, he's that number in charge, whatever. And then the other guy, the captain's wearing a pink little satchel with a pink dress, little oh. skirt thing around him. Okay, well, crochet. It's all crocheted anyway. It looks crocheted. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, I just want to clarify. Huh. You're right about that. So I think maybe we'll have to uh, post uh, something on the Twitter with the whole Romulan. Color scheme, captain. Yeah, scheme, uh, I'll look is. up and see if I can find like a, a ranking system to see if that is really what's going on there. Which I mean, if it is, then damn, another good detail for you know whoever's making the costumes and stuff. Yep. 
So, uh, so Scotty reports that the only weapons that they have are the forward phaser room, but the special specialist Tomlinson is manning that alone. And so Styles tells Kirk, he's like, "Hey, my first assignment was in weapons control." So Kirk's like, "All right, you go do that, and Uhura, you take over navigation for Styles." And I'm just like, dude, you know this dude's trigger happy as fuck. Like, why are you going to put <laughs> dude, him in charge of your too. only weapon? <laughs> dude, oh, God, that's what I thought, too. I thought he was about to start war. I thought yeah. he was going to start war. He, he's going to press something, like, real quick and blow somebody up. I thought I immediately. I thought I thought that's where they were going with that episode. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's 100%. That's what I thought was going to happen. Um, but Spock informs Kirk that they have engine power, uh, or if they have engine power, that he wants to pull off to make some repairs, and, and Kirk refuses and says that, you know, uh, they may be able to pull the intruder back to their side of the neutral zone if they hold their position and kind of play dead. So, like, they're just playing possum there. The Romulans back on their ship, they report that there's still no sign of movement, and the commander points out that, uh, you know, they've damaged themselves and their their fuel's almost gone. So he kind of just doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to pursue. But Decius is like, look, it's our duty to crush the Praetor's enemies, and, uh, you know, if you're not going to do it, you know, he's like, first of all, you know, I don't I don't trust the enemy captain, you know, I'm pretty sure that they're they're up to something. And he's like, look, we're in the neutral zone. They're not going to come after us. You know, if you don't want to kill these guys, then give me the glory of killing them. And the commander's like, okay, we're going to attack. But, you know, it's going to be on my order. So he's getting all the glory for it. And then we go, you know, back to the Enterprise. Uh, Spock gets a damage report from Styles, And Styles, he, you know, he goes down to the phaser room to get a damage report. And Styles is like, well, you know, this time... You know, we're going to handle things without your help, Vulcan. And Spock just turns around and leaves. Like, just, yeah. like nerve pinch this motherfucker. Just like, pinch him right there. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, Shut I, him up. Like, when he said Vulcan, unfortunately, when he said Vulcan, I heard uh, the N-word in my head. <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> That's what I heard him mean. I thought, yo, you got to smack him right now with what he just said. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, isn't Spock also a commanding officer compared to him? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah I think he's in charge or outranks that guy. Yeah, the disrespect that, that he said, you know, like he was like, okay, you know, we need my help, whatever. Like the thing was, it doesn't bother Spock. Like, yeah, Spock he just is, leaves. Like, I wish I had Spock's um, patience in life because somebody calls me the N word, I'm knocking them out. So, you know, <laughs> like, like he's, they, they called him a Vulcan. He kind of just like, yeah. And he was like, like he, I ain't worried about that. I got, I got other things to worry about. So it's just. He's probably like, how's calling me a Vulcan an insult? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, probably he's what just... I am. He's just totally cool there. He's like, all right, uh, less for me to do. And then oh, just leaves. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, I am a Vulcan. Like, all right, human. You're right, Dan. I, <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I'm like, logically like, yeah, okay, I'm a Vulcan. Okay, and whatever, bye. Like, that's, yeah. that, that's, a, good, that's a good one. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so so as Spock does leave, uh, Styles notices that there's a box on the wall that's labeled phaser coolant seal, and it's just shooting out purple smoke Ooh. everywhere. We didn't, notice, so, we didn't notice that before that. We didn't know the smoke was coming out till then. So imagine right? the moment he closed the door, the thing just came loose and started doing all the smoke. Okay. Yeah, we'll just call that one call that one coincidence. Mm. So yeah, uh Tomlinson uh just rushes to go try to fix that problem because Styles ain't gonna do shit. Uh and then back on the bridge, Sulu announces that the enemy vessel is becoming visible, and Kirk orders the forward phasers to stand by. And then a second later he orders them to fire, but nothing happens. So we cut to Spock in the corridor. And he hears, uh, you know, here's Captain Kirk just repeatedly giving this order to fire. He's like, come on, fire these things, you know, fire. And he notices nothing's going on. And he turns and he rushes back into the phaser control room to find that Styles and Tomlinson are on the floor. And there's just purple smoke everywhere. So uh, Spock enters the room and he goes to the phaser control 
and just fires the phasers. Uh, do you think that like he was unaffected that by any of that because he's a Vulcan? Like, does his like superior physiology? I'm assuming that's how I kind of took it at the end of the episode, seeing that he wasn't in you know med bay being treated for anything. I assume yeah. he either held his breath or he or he it doesn't bother him. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't explain it either way. Either way, I, I just I, I kind of thought I stepped it either way. They didn't explain it to me, so I just assumed he's better. So I just I thought about he, he probably held his breath. He, he's in there hitting he's in there hitting the button like yeah that's that's because I'm a Vulcan I ain't no pussy yeah. this shit ain't hurting me. He's like do this without my help. Look at you down there on the floor and like get some little kick. <laughs> yeah, you're gasping for air. <laughs> like what can stop Spock? Like at this point, why not just you know fire him out into space towards the other <laughs> ship and just let him grab a hold of it when he gets there and just, just wreck it. <laughs> like Superman. He, he's basically a Terminator. <laughs> a Spock yeah. torpedo. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk's like, load the Spock-pedo. And the Spock's just over there like, oh, not again. <laughs> I ate it all myself. <laughs> <laughs> I should be the captain, but you're not. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so then you know they fire the uh, the phasers and then the Romulan ship shakes as it keeps doing and and they everybody gets thrown down onto the floor and then like the the debris from the ceiling and all that just starts falling all over them which they've lost a lot of debris I can't believe there's anything above them still for real right but uh, the crew of the Enterprise watches on their screen as the enemy ship starts to just kind of like float away so like it looks like it's it's lost power it's just kind of you know floating away into space and so Kirk orders Sulu to prepare to move to the enemy ship and he tells Uhura to open some ship to ship communications. Um, so she does that and they get a view of the inside of the Romulan ship as the Romulan commander turns and faces the, the screen to address them. And, and Kirk says, you know, Hey, we're standing by to beam survivors aboard our ship. And the Romulan commander refuses. And he's like, no, you know, that's, that's not our way. It's not how we do stuff. I, I wanted someone, I wanted some guy in the background to go like, don't listen to him. Take me. Yeah, he's like, that's totally our way. <laughs> Please save us. The irony, of, once again, of the captain being the only one alive on the ship, the same as the other guy uh, in the outpost. Well, he made it sound fire. like there was other survivors on the ship when they were talking. Yeah, yeah, but it, you don't see anybody, though. It's just him on the bridge by himself. I bet. I mean, I'm sure other people survived elsewhere in the ship, though. Huh? I don't know. They, they got lower decks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but he says that, uh, he's like, you know, I, I regret that we had to meet in this way. And he says, uh, you and I are of a kind, and in a different reality, I could have called you friend. And I'm like, I know that quote. I did not know it came from Star Trek, but I know that's a, like, that's a a, a popular quote. Yeah. Know, heard, so yeah. many things came from this, this series. Yeah, the things you don't know about. A lot. Yeah, but also just like that, you know, that's just that kind of, damn, I, I really wish that, it, you know, things weren't this way because, like, I bet we would have got along really great, which is yeah. it's kind of sad considering this guy didn't want to be in this position to begin with. Like, he was saddled right. by his culture yeah. and, like, you know, had this fight with his commander that he really grew to respect and, and now he just has to die. Well, they, they did a good job of portraying that throughout the whole episode of the captains kind of acknowledging without talking to each other like oh man this guy's kind of a genius he's doing exactly what i would do well this right. is uh, honestly the end of the combine and maneuver again except this time we're seeing the other guy's appreciation but the appreciation is coming at the end when they're dying you know it's right. almost the same ending except except this guy's dying while he shows appreciation like hey you know we had this battle kurt still always offers you to bring a, at the end he always like bring a life no matter, no matter how bad it was 
you're still you're still people to me. Can I be, give you help at the end? And the guy's like, right. you know, oh, that's not the way we do it, but we had a good battle. I, I'm about to die. It is what it is, but respect. What a great battle. What a great, 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 what, what a great way to go. You know, the great captain. I'm out. Yeah, like this is the point where uh, Kirk is like, well, you know, what purpose does it serve for you to die? And the commander says that, you know, he says we're creatures of duty and that I've lived my entire life by it. And I only have one more duty to perform. And so he turns around and hits a button on the console and just destroys his own ship. Yeah, a little bit later in the sick bay, uh, Styles is being checked on by McCoy and Spock. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, I wouldn't have made it through if Spock hadn't pulled me out of the phaser room and, and saved my life. Now, now, now you're my buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I hated you until you did something for me. And now we're OK. Because, you know, he's a typical piece of shit. Yeah. Spock should have just, like, pinched him on that, that table and then taken him back and thrown him back in the gas. <laughs> just like, you, you want to go through it again, bitch? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but Spock actually goes, he's like, well, I saved a trained navigator so we can continue or so we can return to duty. I'm capable of no other feelings in such matters. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, I still don't yeah, like it's you. Like- it's like I did I, it because I, like I had to. I don't a like dick you. about it, but also trying to be humble at the same time. Like I don't like you. I don't hate you. I don't like you. I don't have. No, I nothing you. Like I don't. I nothing you. Like I saved you just because I supposed to do it. Yeah. I, I want you to do your job. That's why I saved you, pretty much. I saved you. Yeah. Yeah, and also shut up while you're doing it. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then uh, Kirk asks how many men they lost, and McCoy says, "This is the really confusing thing because he's like." McCoy says, well, we only lost one, and it was Tomlinson, the guy who was going to get married, and that his fiance is in the chapel. But earlier he said that they lost, that there were 22 casualties. So does he mean that they only lost one person because of this incident? In the second, yeah, I think because the second, for the final part, I'm assuming. Okay. Because I, I guess he already, I guess he already knew about the other 22. Right. So, like, did we lose anybody else? Well, I'll tell him that. It's a, good, it's a good point you brought up. I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's 41 dead now. It's counting Tomlinson. It's 41 works for me yeah poor thomason yep went from getting married to getting buried which at the beginning of the episode i saw it man these two lovebirds one yeah of they're gonna screwed. die yeah <laughs> yeah immediately. yeah i thought yeah I, my thought was oh man you saving yourself for marriage he died yeah oh, <laughs> poor guy <laughs> that poor poor soul <laughs> oh my gosh how did that happen <laughs> no that's his plan the whole time he's the one that started all the this because he didn't want to get married <laughs> yep he get married. i don't want to get married <laughs> i need to start a, a, a galactic war oh man that'd be an <laughs> awesome backstory like he was a traitor he's like hey come over and blow some shit up so uh I get out of my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh at this point uh yeoman rand enters in another the room and uh, tells Kirk that they finally got an answer from the command base and that says that they're going to support whatever decision Kirk has to make. And he just kind of smirks like a little late for that now. Like I already did all, all the shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then Kirk leaves and he goes to the chapel to talk to Tomlinson's fiance. And, you know, he, he starts to talk to try to console her, but you know, she just hugs him and he like tries to comfort her and, she, but she says that she's all right. And then she just leaves and then we get this really weird but really cool ending shot of Kirk just like walking through the corridor. Walking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I liked that shot. Like it's just. It, so it, it was I. different. But I, what I liked that it did. It, they didn't do the thing that I hated, which is like all's well that ends well. It's like people died. You know, it was a very serious situation. And then, uh, you know, I'm just. I guess I'm just going to go do what I have to do, and that's that's that. Yeah, because the last a normal episode would have ended. Uh, you know that when he. Uh, when she said, uh, they said, do what you want to do. And he made that smirk and he walked up and left. Yeah. 
that would have been the way a different episode would end it normally right. with that with that with that all what ends well type thing except this time it goes further to the to the chapel with her crying and then it with him walking out yeah um but yeah that's uh that's the end of that uh that episode uh who i don't know i'm gonna pick one of you dan what did you think about this i love this episode this is everything that i wanted in this show put in this episode i i almost feel like this is another turning point for the series um yeah it i really don't have anything to complain about it honestly besides a few minor things but i can overlook it yeah 10 out of 10 yeah uh personally i'm right there with you uh i got it's it's my issue is going to be that this episode was too good that like can they like stay at this level or get anywhere near this again oh my i'm glad you said that that's 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 a good way to say it well from what what, what we've heard the show only gets better as it goes on so i'm hoping so yeah, whoever wrote this got to stay on and do more because this, I mean, this, like you said, this is everything that I wanted in in Star Trek. Like I liked, you know, I like the other stuff that we've gotten. It, it can't all be this. But man, this is right. like, I was, my interest in this show was just kind of starting to wane. And now it's like, I'm, I'm all in. Like this is everything I wanted in this show. Absolutely amazing episode. No complaints. Like we joked about some stuff you know, in the beginning or basically throughout the whole thing, but none of it detracted from this episode to me. And it's, it's absolutely perfect in every way. So that's, that's how I feel about it. But yeah, Paul, uh, I give this a, a 10 giddy ups. <laughs> so you hated it. <laughs> yeah, I give it 10 giddy ups and, uh, and 11 yards. I mean, <laughs> oh, well, that's a damn I, I, good episode. <laughs> Boy, we're close say, to hoot like, nannies. The, yeah, yeah. This episode was uh, amazing. Like there are small things I could, you could, they could have changed here and there that are so subtle. That it's just me being picky because I'm like a, a movie and TV junkie or a writing junkie or me being like noticing small things that I think are kind of weird. But it's me just picking fun to enjoy it, to make fun of it for certain things it has. But there is nothing wrong with this episode. I mean, like if this had been my first episode I ever saw, I would have never stopped watching the show ever. Like if this like, hey, you want to watch this? Here's the best episode of this. This is what the best thing about. Oh, I watch this forever because it has the action, has a spot being spot cast. Kurt at his best. Kurt is at his best literally when it's him against the world and everything, and it's just him th- thinking out and 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 the way to make him think. And whoever the writers are, like whoever wrote this ep- last episode, I wish I like I had to look it up myself as one too because I'm a I'm a writer, so I'm gonna look him up or whatever and just see other stuff they're written because like, man, it was so good, dude. I have no complaints. Yeah. Another thing I thought that was cool was uh. They 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 put like no bigotry in there. They put a lot of people, uh, men and women in there. They put uh, people in their position. That the whole the whole cast was in there. The lighting was great. The CGI was great. Everything. I mean, everything about it was so so cool, man. I just man, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of this episode, and I just I got no complaints. Nothing. I got no bad nothing bad to say. Yeah, and then like the the big overarching storyline of just like war and how. You know, neither one of these sides, like, they they weren't enemies. They just, you know, uh, Kirk and his crew yeah. had thought they had to do something, you know, to prevent a war. Uh, the other commander, you know, he, he didn't want to do this. Like, he saddled down by his culture and, you know, by yeah. basically his government. And, you know, the people that really suffered were the, the ones that didn't want to do it. And, like, nobody else, nobody yeah. else knows. Yep. So Yeah, and now that, uh, now that... We as if you guys didn't know before, now we know the Robinins look like Vulcans. Yeah. 
now we know that and that's like oh okay that's got to come in big for the rest of the sh- of the show. Yeah, oh god, I hope they don't ignore it. Yeah, because, because that has to come that has to come in big now because that's truly like the ultimate the ultimate thing now for them. You know, they got the hum- you got humans, you got Romulans, you got you got Vulcans and then we, we haven't we haven't met a lot of different alien races yet as far as I know. I mean, we have uh, some creatures here and there, but we haven't met like a lot of different races yet that look different. Yeah. So I'm hoping to be I'm hoping that there's there's other races that we meet in the future yeah so uh we're like just over the two hour mark at this point so i think that's pretty much oh, gonna be goodness. it for, for this one uh thanks to anybody that stuck with us through this one. Oh, <laughs> yep. for real hey, as you guys can tell when we when we really enjoy something sometimes we get a little ham and talk a lot but you know when it when it's good it's, it's fun to pick at it and make fun of it just time just goes yeah, so obviously the next one we're going to cover, Season 1, Episode 15, uh, called Shore Leave, which, Jesus, they need a leave after this one. I I, <laughs> yeah, I, I want it to be good, but also I'd be okay with just like 50 minutes of them hanging out at Beach Deck and Bowling Deck. So <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's, it's, it, has, I mean, it has to be good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, everybody already knows Twitter at WWST underscore podcast, Gmail, WWSTpod at gmail.com. Uh, you know, favorite podcast player. We're everywhere. We're on YouTube. Uh, leave us a rating if you'd like. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, with that, I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, we're done. And we'll, you know, we'll see you next time. See you guys later. Later.